Let's Go Blues Radio is powered by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Make your balls a priority this fall. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a dying brush. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogil Corp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 7 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We're the often imitated but never duplicated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code LGB. Make uh, your balls a priority this fall. And through the month of October, if you visit manscaped.com and use the promo code LGB, which we just mentioned, for 20% off and free shipping, on the show, we will send you some free stickers. So uh, just all you have to do is share a photo of your purchase with uh, LGB in the photo on uh, Twitter and then uh, or Facebook or wherever and make sure uh, you L- tag LGB radio. Tag the show LGB radio. Yeah. And yeah. let us know about it and we'll uh, get you your free stuff. So uh, just do uh, take a picture of your box or let me hold the camera up here for you folks on YouTube and Facebook. There's the box of a product you may have purchased and then uh, do a little sign with the LGB. Golly, I can't do this in front of the camera. <laughs> and uh, send that picture our way and we'll we'll send you some stickers. And I think you do want to clarify though, when you say send us a picture of your box, <laughs> you mean the manscape box? Right. The man- right. box box? Whatever whatever yeah. you you know what? I mean if you if you're wearing uh, the boxers or or <laughs> I uh, no. Let's not open that up. No. Please send nudes, right? That, yeah, and let's let's say too that if you are Trying a female that, that happens to purchase this for your male companion, we do still want a picture of the box itself, not the product. I mean, the, what nice, you purchased? But no, no, what we're you good. purchased? We're what good. you purchased? <laughs> uh, we're broadcasting live on Wednesday, October 14th, 2020. This is franchise episode number 273 all time. Your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. And for your listening pleasure, for the next little while, we'll be talking to St. Louis Blues Hockey. To interact with the show on social media, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGB Radio. My handle is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note. And Jeff's is at JPonder94. You can follow us on Instagram. We're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. And for those watching the live stream right now on either of those platforms, thank you for joining us and feel free to comment in the live chats and we'll address what we can during the show. If you're listening to the podcast version of the show, thank you for joining us as well on that end. And of course, the website is letsgoblues.com where you can listen to or watch past episodes of the show, browse the fan discussion forum, as well as get some cool St. Louis Blues themed t-shirts and stickers that goes back into supporting the show. Hi guys, Bill, welcome back. You were uh, on assignment last week. How'd that go? Um, <laughs> great. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're calling it on assignment and not on hiatus. Hiatus. But, yeah. Uh, the, the on assignment uh, 
the unassignment implies that you're getting paid yeah right which is <laughs> a terrible terrible implication for the actual yeah. reason why i wasn't on here last week well we um we didn't want to say the truth of what you were doing why you had to miss in the fact that you had to miss a week because you were suspended for sexual harassment charges against me that i filed I'm sorry, I've said too much. Wait, I was going to say, the whole, sorry. yeah, you had a non-disclosure agreement, did you not? I just yeah. let it all out. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Anderson said in the YouTube chat says, cheers, boys. And Jesse Hill says, hey, hey, welcome, boys. Thanks for joining us. Well, yeah. Cheers, boys. Cheers. And I, yeah, let me wait till the game there. Cheers. Yay. Okay. Cling, cling, cling. Cling, 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 cling. <laughs> Uh, the official beers, uh, speaking of which, great segue um, of episode number 273. Uh, you can follow us each on the Untapped app. My handle is at CPRESH12. Jeff's is at JPonder94. Bill's is at BillyBlueNote33. Um, what do you got, guys? Jeff, uh, Bill, what do you got? Bill, go ahead. Um, all right. I'll, you called us both. I'll, I, I'll go yeah. ahead and go. <laughs> we could just talk at the same time. Okay. Do you want to do that? That'd make a for a hell of an edit later to try and separate. Hurry down. Could <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah, we we do the the whole Wayne and McMurray thing. Um, so mine mine tonight. Right, you go. Um, you go. Uh, no, you go. <laughs> you go. Uh, I've got the old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout. Um, believe that this was the first craft beer I ever drank back in the late 90s it's been around a long long time and it is a damn good one it that's is, an imperial stout right yeah it, it withstands the your first craft beer was an imperial stout yeah Dang. my first beer i didn't my when i started drinking beer <laughs> you don't mess around i drank guinness right that's I, right I yeah, yeah. I, I didn't you brought drink, a lot of you brought a lot of guinness you know. to the poker nights yeah i did not drink you know keystone light i, I didn't go that route when I started drinking, I started drinking. You so. wanna you wanna show off the hat there, Bill? Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, how'd you get that hat, Bill? <laughs> For those who can't see, he's wearing a uh, by... hat. That says sleep. What does it say? Uh, can't beat hockey. Can't, can't, can't beat, beat hockey. hockey. Yep. Yeah. So this this is my swag for uh, <laughs> winning the Bucci Overtime Challenge. Uh, feels like several years ago now, uh, when I picked <laughs> Braden Shen to uh, score the game-winning overtime goal against Vancouver. 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 That will never get old. Nope. Not for <laughs> us anyway. Yeah, it's, you can't say Vancouver without saying Vancouver. 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 <laughs> you know that is my text tone now, by the way. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, I said it is my I text love that. tone. I'll try to I love let me that. try and play it really quick. But yeah, I uh I said it a couple weeks ago and the wife was just like, Really? Come on. We were in a grocery store and it went off and I'm like, Come on, you can't you can't beat this. That's just it's beautiful. You can't beat hockey. Um, can't beat hockey. I'm trying to vamp as I uh, scroll through so I can prove to you that I'm not lying to you. Hmm. Hang on. Here we well, go. Here we go. Here we go. Just text you. Yeah. That'd be a easier way to do it. Nice. Oh, you got the little... <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, my beer of the episode is uh is from i you know i it's i'm gonna do a little uh little 180 here as some dumb people like to say i'm gonna pull a 360 here uh so this is the old <laughs> arena lager 
um, which is a great beer. We talked about it a million times on the show, so I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'm going to talk about another beer at Center Ice. Um, they have a double IPA there right now. That is a, um, it's a bubble, it's called bubble hockey. It's their, uh, their third anniversary beer. Have you guys tried it? Have not. I'm going to tell you this and Steve, if you're listening, don't worry, don't turn off the show. I've got something to partner with what I'm about to say. I hated it. I was (laughs) not a fan. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I don't like IPAs. So I was like, I saw the can, the can is, is beautiful. And I'm like, I have to try this just for the can. And I had it. I had one drink. I had a beer right before it. And I looked at my wife and I go, yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think I can drink this. I'm not drunk enough. And so <laughs> and she tried it and she said the same thing. She's like, yeah, this is about this is about four beers deep for me that, that I could drink this. And and here's here's the good thing. I have a friend who's a craft brewer like Steve, and he's a big IPA guy. So I said, told him, like, man, I got this stuff from, from Center Ice. It's, I bought it because it's, you know, it's, it's a great brewery and, and everything they make is great. This is just not a beer that I like. And he tried it. He's an IPA guy. He said it's one of the best beers he's ever had. So if you like IPA, this might be right up your alley. It's called Bubble Hockey. I don't know how much longer it's going to be around. It's, it's a very limited edition. It's their third anniversary beer. So if you're an IPA person, you may like it. Like I said, my buddy knows his beer, knows his IPAs. He loves it. So give that a shot if you like it. Just, it's just not for me. Not, not my kind of beer. Uh, my beer of the sh- big show is the uh, Oktoberfest from Schlafly which I, uh, I enjoy their Oktoberfest quite a bit. Might be my favorite Oktoberfest. Didn't you say that about the Oktoberfest with Schlafly Ponder? Was that, no, no, you were talking about Pumpkin from, uh, Pumpkin, was it Schlafly Pumpkin? Uh, my favorite is O'Fallon. O'Fallon, pumpkin. that's right, that's right. Schlafly's good too, yes. but O'Fallon's my number one. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think Schlafly has my favorite Oktoberfest. So. I'll agree with that. That's I agree. What I'm, I'm going with tonight. It's, it's quite good. Even better on draft, which if I had a keg, I would be having that, but I don't, so I'm not. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, October 14th, 1967, the St. Louis Blues recorded their first win in franchise history versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Larry Keenan scored the game-winning goal. Uh, Seth Martin had 31 saves for the win. Larry Keenan was all over the map with the Blues first. He had the first exhibition game goal in franchise history, the first goal in regulation season franchise history, excuse me, and the first winning goal in franchise history. So he's uh, uh, um, – I'm going to really pull into the memory banks here because I know you guys are Blues historians too. Did he not have the first playoff goal too? Yeah, the uh, first he, the, the game-winning goal against Minnesota. Game-winner or the, or the first goal? But that wasn't the first goal though. That was the right. first – was that the first game-winning goal in – in playoff history? I thought it was the first, yeah, the first game-winning overtime goal in team history. First game-winning overtime can, goal. I'll okay. see if I can find it. Yeah. So, bottom line is, if you're in a trivia night, yeah, Larry, just, <laughs> they ask it's about a Blues first goal, it's Larry Keenan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess Larry Keenan. Old school, if you have no idea. Right. Yeah. It's Unless like it's 80%. goalie, then goes, goalie goes Seth Martin. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, October 14th, 1978, the St. Louis Blues named their cheerleaders the Blue Angels. Yes, the Blues had cheerleaders back in 1978. 
the name was chosen from 200 names submitted. The Blue Bells was the most common entry, which is an interesting uh, because that you would you would if if the Blues were to say they were going to have cheerleaders now, uh, Blue Bells would not be suggested. I can just no the the era you know that so. times have changed. Oh yeah. Uh, October 14, 1988, Tony McKegney records his eighth and final hat-trick of his career in the St. Louis Blues' 8-8 to tie versus the Red Wings. The Blues trailed 7-3 to in this game, and they scored five goals in the th- unanswered in the third to go up 8-7 to and then allowed a goal with 30 seconds to go <laughs> to try to tie it, and then they end up uh, tying 8-8. Uh, how do you how – do, you're down 7-3. to in the third, and you score five goals to, to go up eight to seven, and you allow a goal with 30. And the, the, the goal that Detroit scored was like 40 seconds after the Blues' uh, eighth goal. So the Blues had scored with like a minute, just over a minute to go. That's, uh, <laughs> that's 80s Red Wings hockey, folks. For those of you who grew up like me in the, the height of the Detroit Red Wings greatness, I love seeing statistics like this. Oh, man, it reminds yeah. me. Just before they win one Stanley Cups, yeah. they were like the worst joke in hockey. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember as a kid, I felt sorry for Detroit and how awful they were because they just they could never win. And you know, it's like that. I remember Steve Eiserman wrecking his knee on the goalpost, and it looked like his career was pretty much going to end before they could get you know, get anywhere in the playoffs. Glad for him it turned around, but God, they were awful. They, uh, uh, Hockey Town had a, a, a problem drawing fans in the what, 80s, early 80s. Um, they, uh, and they would give away cars during games uh, or like did raffles and stuff and a chance to win a car. Uh, they would do that to try and draw fans. So, um, you know, I, I guess any town can be a hockey town when you win three cups in, what was it, 10 years, whatever it was, eight years? Six, let's see, 97, 98, and 2002, and then again in, what, 2008? So four in like yeah. 10 years, I guess, whatever. Uh, something like that, yeah. In 11 years? Whatever. Yeah. Fuckers. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, um, any town can be a hockey town if you're that good that long. But uh, yeah, that, well, and let's face it this way: I mean, uh, right now, who's got the worst attendance in the NHL? Florida, Ottawa, something Ottawa, like that, right? I think, uh, Ottawa, they Ottawa, could Ottawa. easily just they could just come out tomorrow and say, "Hey, we're hockey town," and I'd be like, "Well, I guess because you self-proclaim <laughs> that, and that's what happened to Detroit." So yeah. yeah, it's when you self. Hey, you know what? We are home to the greatest NASCAR drivers in history here in St. Louis. I have no idea if that's true, but I can <laughs> proclaim that all I want. NASCAR town. <laughs> hey, real quick. Uh, first goal in Blues postseason history. It was not Larry Keenan. It's a very familiar name with the Blues. He was a defenseman. Anybody want to take a stab? Jimmy very Roberts. Very familiar. Jimmy Roberts is uh, correct. God. Look at that. Very nice. Assisted by Frank St. Marseille and I, Gary Sabrin. I was going to say St. Marseille, but I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. And I'm like, yep. who is it? And then, yep, I'm like, that's it. Jimmy Roberts. Very well nice, Bill. Well done, Bill. I, I, did, I owe you a pat Thank on you. the back when COVID's figured out. <laughs> when I'm allowed to touch you again. No touching. No touching. <laughs> no touching. 
<laughs> well, that uh, you know, that thing we talked about earlier, you have to wait for the restraining order, which uh, I think will go <laughs> right. longer than COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna work on getting that lifted. I've I've had enough. Um. Anyway, so we got a couple people here. Uh, we got Rick Gibbs saying cheers, and you know, I guess this is a new thing since we did it last week. Uh, cheers, Rick Gibbs. Uh, he also says that Norris Division was hockey. Hell yeah, back in those days. Hell yeah. Oh god. Uh, who doesn't? Who didn't love the Norris Division? My god. Oh, so the much Chuck fun to watch. Norris Division. Yes, Chuck Norris. I mean, and Austin you... Lynch. Uh, we're going to get to your comment here in a bit, but he uh, he says Krug was overpaid, which we will mm. we'll we'll address that later. <clears throat> Let's you know we'll talk about that. Well, I, the, I didn't add what we talked about before the show about the um, uh, Canada division, Canadia division. Um, All right. We, so the rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL, we can lead off with that. Um, but it's uh, uh, interesting that uh, Golden Knights owner, uh, Bill Foley. I've got the tweet right here if you want me to read it. I, I do too. Uh, on, on Vegas okay, Hockey Hotline on facing the uh, Nate Schmidt Canucks. Uh, yeah, but they're going to be in the Canadian division. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that? Well, right? and it's funny because at first you read that and you're like, okay, this is just an owner not knowing the divisions. You know, oh, that he just slips up. What a dumb thing to say. Yeah, how embarrassing. <laughs> but then you think, wait a minute. There's been talks of bubbles, right? Yeah. Is there going to be a Canadian bubble? A realignment Maybe he's of sorts? letting some news out that we don't know yet. And I saw a, a graphic online where they, you know, they had a map of all the teams and they had you know, roughly drawn, you know, circled all the Canadian teams in one division, and then how they would the rest of the divisions would would kind of pan out. So that's interesting. Uh, so yeah, there's a uh, a slight uh, scuttlebutt online about um, is there going to be a Canadian division at all Canadian teams to prevent, which makes sense if you're gonna, you know, have a, a the season uh, with COVID still going on, maybe they're gonna do it that way. So. So I'm That's... gonna I'm gonna test your guys' geography skills here. So let's say there is a Canadian division. That's what seven teams, right? So you still have 23, 24 more teams to account for. How do you divide up the United States? Do you go west, central, east? Do you go north, mid, south? What do you do? Uh, you got to go what? Uh, west, south. Uh central like northeast has to be i mean you got right Boston, northeast yeah. like you, you're going to have to break that up and you know almost. what you know what detroit's fucking back in the central <laughs> <laughs> i would love it i would love it they whether they Welcome like it or back, not, they bitches. are in the central <laughs> i would love it and i'd love for somehow some way them to get in the playoffs and the blues to sweep them i mean i'm getting way ahead of myself here but my god i would love yeah. that uh, so you got San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, Arizona, Phoenix, Colorado. Yeah, Arizona, Colorado, in, in Dallas, the, probably. Yeah, ooh, well, but Dallas might have to go in the south with Columbus, yeah, true. Carolina, Tampa I think, Bay, Florida. I think they would. There's not enough teams. Yeah. So you have five you know, in the I west, did... five in the south. I'm looking at a, a roster here. So we got, and then you got St. Louis, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, Columbus. So I'll admit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When, oh, Nashville's got to be in the central, right? Back right. when the no, Jets Nashville. first, Nashville hang on, back south. when back when the Jets first yeah. joined the league again, I I devised a plan for a realignment where there was a South division, and believe it or not, I had the Blues in it. 
And I know that's that's that was something people probably wouldn't like. No, it's, but it was I like mean, Dallas, Nashville, St. Louis, the Florida teams, Carolina, um, and I think there was one more. I, I I'm drawing a blank, but but yeah, it was all the Southern teams, and St. Louis just happened to fit in that tier. I'd rather them put. I mean, ge- geography, geographically speaking, uh, it doesn't work. But I'd rather see Columbus in the South and keep Nashville in the Central, just for purposes i mean as far as travel goes it's not that much different but it's just as far as like the alignment on the map goes it makes more sense to have uh columbus in the central but give me nashville uh, especially with you know oh yeah hell yeah any day of the week so uh, that'll be interesting i mean the the tweet is is definitely it could be completely out of context it could be completely speculating but him saying that there's a canadian division that has never been a thing so it just makes you think, well, maybe the, the COVID you know year, we will see it. The travel would suck, though, for the Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. You've got three on the but, West Coast. you got one mm-hmm. in the middle with Winnipeg, and you got three on the East Coast. That would kind of suck. Well, I think they'd all be in one or, bubble, right? Right. That's, right. I know. If but, that's a, oh, I got you. I got you. So yeah, not, yeah. Not traveling. You travel there. Because yeah. they, would, they would play each other, then they would travel to another bubble, play those teams, travel to another bubble, and it would yeah. just alternate. I got you. Like I, got you. I, got, I got you. Yeah. Well, then, um, uh, we'll see. Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick his confidence is sky high as his club enters a new era. I, he's quoted as saying, I truly believe that we are a Stanley Cup winner within four years, uh, according to the Financial Post's Joe O'Connor. It can happen anytime, but within four years. So he's very confident in his team's uh, draft. The draft has him on, on cloud nine, I guess. So I'd rightfully so. They've got they've got their they've got uh, uh, their future looks better for Ottawa. So we'll no pressure, I guess, on uh, head coach DJ Smith. <laughs> right, really, <laughs> guaranteeing really it up in four years. I want to go ahead and comment on uh, Jesse Hill. Obviously, did some work here in the YouTube chat, so I want to give him a, a shout out here. He says uh, it'd be easy: Ducks, Kings, Sharks, Vegas, and Arizona, and Colorado in one division. Then you got Minnesota, Chicago, Nashville, St. Louis, Columbus. Then Carolina, Tampa, Panthers, Dallas, and he has Columbus twice. Jesse, uh, don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Philly, it's Pittsburgh, Washington, Isles, Rangers, and Boston. Uh, probably with us, Detroit. You say Buffalo? Maybe. Buffalo's in there. Buffalo's Northeast, right? Uh, yeah. I'm not seeing Yeah, it might be Buffalo, he meant. But yeah. either way, I uh, wanted to give him some kudos there for doing the work. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just. No, yeah. yeah he, so he agrees with he me. Well, except yeah. for except for Columbus and Nashville, I, I I would I want Nashville in the Central just for selfish reasons. He meant Detroit. He says Detroit LOL. I'm thinking Detroit. He means in the Central, oh. right? I would imagine uh, whatever that makes sense. Doesn't matter. Anyway, thanks Jesse. We appreciate that. Mm. Um, but yeah, in this in terms of this, so I tell you what I said when they got Matt Murray. Now listen, I don't I don't think Matt Murray's the you know just a, a ridiculously game-changing goalie, and they're going to be in the playoffs this year. But he is a capable goaltender. And I think with a lot of the young guys they have, I'm a big Thomas Shabbat fan. Uh, obviously, Brady Kachuk, I think he's going to do great things. But to say they're going to win a cup in four That's years, bold, you'll be man. a playoff team. You'll be a playoff team in three years. But you're not going to be a cup winner in four years. You know, he that's, could he could have said that's like, going a lot. He could have said like win the division or something like right. that. You know, but he's he he's going like full boat. Like I mean, I mean, good. I mean, I guess if you want to, you know, uh, rile up your fan base and get them excited, I guess that's the way to go. 
but because uh, you, I mean, you do have a lot of things to look forward to now. But um, yeah, but that's a whoo. That's I a, mean, you remember some of the claims the Blues made when they were lowest in the uh, attendance, right? They didn't they claim. About, they they said the goal is to win the cup. They didn't put a four year thing on it. Well, but they said something like, "We will be in the playoffs this year, and you know, we will win our home opener." So you want to attend that, and like hmm. those kind of ridiculous things you can't predict. We and will I, but win I will game say, seven. This is a little over. This is a little over the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I find the you know the the timing so odd. You know, you talk about his confidence being sky high. Why the hell would you go back to those original jerseys when they came back in the league in the nineties? They were <laughs> god awful, and they were they're going back to those jerseys now. So I don't. That doesn't. That the doesn't are starting a movement. League. <laughs> well, but the flame, the flames were good. They won the cup in that jersey. Yeah, yeah, they right? did. The, they should the, have never changed those jerseys. They went through no, some awful jerseys no. too. Awful. God, they they had some of the worst, like the piping and the the diagonal lines. The diagonal line drives God. me bananas. It yeah, goes nowhere. It just uh, dies. It's like a black hole. <laughs> what it just, the hell it just, is that? It disappears into a black hole in the jersey. Where does it go? I don't know. Uh, dumb. Uh, the uh, Enterprise Center will host the 2025 NCAA Frozen Four, um, which, uh, yeah, congratulations to those involved with uh, uh, pitching to get that here. That's pretty cool. Um, the Enterprise will also host rounds one and two of the, uh, the 2026 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Also cool. Uh, the Centene Community Ice Center was awarded the 2024 Men's Hockey Regional. And uh, the, the Frozen Four was last hosted here in 2007. Seems like it wasn't that long ago. Uh, Michigan right. State, TJ yeah. Oshie, yeah, well, Michigan, Oshie, Ben Bishop, Michigan State. Yeah, I went to those games. Yeah, I, did, I wanted to. I didn't make it over there. Michigan State outlasted so Boston awesome. College in the championship game, three to one, to win the title. Justin Ablocator, now of the Red Wings, uh, was named the tournament's most outstanding player. Yeah, yeah, that uh, Michigan State came in, uh, and I went with uh, my brother-in-law at the time, who was a Michigan State alum. And they probably had the, um, you know, the least talented roster, and probably the, you know, were the the least favorite to win, and they just ran the table. Um, but yeah, that was that was you know the year the Blues drafted Oshi. Uh, it was he and Taves playing mm-hmm. for the Sioux, and uh, I I was at all the games uh, myself. Um, the uh, I remember Oshi picking the puck on a penalty kill, four checking hard, picked the puck off a guy, walked in front and scored. And it was like f- from that point on, the love affair with TJ Oshi in this town was on. Um, but yeah, Ben Bishop played for Maine, and he was he was pretty uh, pretty good. I think uh, you know not good enough to get them. You know I I don't think they won a game. Um, but yeah, it's great memories from was that the tournament. Was the Oshi goal? Was that before or after the drunk interview that he gave on TV? <laughs> remember that? Uh, oh, I, I remember I that. Vaguely remember that. It was uh, that in between was periods before. on a in a college game somewhere. I believe I that was before because that was his senior year, wasn't it? And I I'm think sure. it was. It, it was, yeah. I want to say this was before, but I could be wrong. I'm sure it's on YouTube, and he has grown up since. But yeah, a college kid. If you look it up, uh, drunk TJ Oshi interview, something like that. I'm sure you'll find it. It's, <laughs> it is not a not a good yeah. moment for him. No, but yeah, I'll, I'll just add mine... that this 
<clears throat> oh, go ahead, Bill. I was going to say, a friend of mine uh, was at North Dakota at the same time as uh, Oshi and Taves and uh, said TJ had uh, quite the party boy reputation. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Never in class, always, you know, partying or hungover. He had fun. Um, but, yeah. Yep. No, yeah, I, that's what, I was just going to – I just want to swing this back to talking about the, the St. Louis getting awarded this. I mean – I mean, right now, it, it, you look at it and you say, whoop de fucking do right? Because, like, we're in COVID. We won't be able to attend. I mean, the oh, future is so bleak. That's five years from now. But, well, we're talking, yeah, exactly. We're talking five years from now. Hopefully, as Bill said, when you uh, when we posted this, I think, Bill, you even posted this in our chat and said, uh, hopefully the world's not over at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> hopefully there's something but, left. Yeah, hopefully there's something left where they can still play hockey. Hopefully we still have ice. Um, but, but no, it's, this is really cool. And for those of you who may be too young or just didn't attend the 2007 games. And there was another time that, uh, 2000 to 2009, we had like an icebreaker tournament here. And that was really cool too. It was like a preseason tournament with all the best college teams. So you saw like a bunch of the best hockey college talent. And so it's just, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a different game. Um, and you know, as Bill was saying with Ben Bishop, TJ Oshie and Kurt said, uh, Justin Abdelkader, um, you're seeing the future of the, a lot of the future of the NHL when you see this. So when tickets go on sale for this, I want to tell you not to go because I want to make sure I get good tickets, but you should go. It's a lot of fun to watch a different level of hockey and watch these college kids really compete with each other. Every game was sold out. Uh, and yep. 2007. So if you do want tickets, yes. Uh, wait till Jeff gets his and Bill gets his. Yep. <laughs> and yep. Uh, if I can go, I'm going to go. So wait till I get mine. And then check with us first. <laughs> and yep. Check with us first, then buy your tickets. Get yeah. your tickets. <laughs> um, Kurt. Uh, well, I, you know, Kurt, that's something. Yes. The show's still going to be going at that point. I'm so sure. I'm sure. We'll, we'll, we'll be like national. Uh, we might be able to look into some media access. Ah. That could be interesting, we'll to but that's that's a conversation for another time. Um, but anyway, no, it's 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 great. It's a lot of fun. Um, and there's scouts in the building, right? Scouts, 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 scouts. <laughs> scouts. Um, but yeah, there are uh, there are scouts in the building. So these kids are are trying their ass off the entire time. So it's it's a lot of fun to to watch them play. And and I mean, college hockey in general is fantastic to watch. I mean, it's I mean, it, it's just a you know, it's 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 uh, raw talent, and the it's just a uh, they play at a, a rambunctious pace. It's just fun to watch. I mean, uh, people always talk about the Minnesota State. This is high school hockey too. I mean, high school hockey in Minnesota is supposed to be like one of the most amazing hockey you watch. So much fun to watch. But um, uh, college hockey, Frozen Four, fantastic stuff. Um, Real quick, we got some uh, before we. Are, yeah, I'm getting ready. You're, you're moving on, right here, right, yeah, Kurt? Good, good. Yeah. Okay, so we got some uh, comments here in the chat. I want to talk about. Um, real quick, Jesse Hill, the stamped horse flames jersey, horrible. Hell yes, Jesse. We I think we mentioned that last week. That's one of the worst jerseys in in at least recent NHL history. Uh, and then uh, Jesse Hill also says the women's one was sooner, which is true. Failed to mention that uh, Clarkson over Wisconsin. I unfortunately was out of town for most of that, but I hear that was a great tournament as well. Uh, and then race fan rocks four. He has the number four. So I'm guessing he's a big Eric Brewer fan. 
Uh, he says, I would like to see the Blues go after Cooper <laughs> Meredy or Tyler Benson from Edmonton. And again, we will uh, we'll get into some Blues talk here in a couple minutes. But Austin Lynch also asked if he should buy a Tory Krug Blues jersey or a Petro Knights third jersey or an away Knights jersey. Uh, I'll, all that I'll say on that, and again, we'll talk about the Blues here in a second. Don't buy that third jersey. That must That's ugly. Oh, I hate it. I don't know about <laughs> you guys. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's a, a the best uh, best depiction I heard of it was the uh, '70s grandma's couch cushions. <laughs> yes, yellow. Yes. Oh, it, that's it, great. It, yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm waiting for a team to come out with an avocado green from the late '70s, right? The, that that oh, that stars, theme, right? Stars got to do that. The the yeah, the stars, avocado green from the late '70s, uh, with the uh, the theme, the bathrooms, uh, the green toilets, the green, the green. <laughs> shower stalls the, yeah. the the green carpet and the you know the green countertop in the kitchen uh just ugly stuff oh man that's a good idea i like it um <laughs> <laughs> no i uh i remember back in the early 2000s when the uh actually it might have even been longer than that the preds had those third mustard yellow yeah. jerseys oh yeah. so bad i mean they're just not aesthetically pre- pleasing on the ice like <sighs> I get trying different things to see if they look different on the ice. I'll admit, I said this before. I was wrong about those Jets third jerseys. I thought that baby blue color, the sky blue, looked awesome on the ice. Um, those mustard yellow Predators, and I think the same thing with the Knights, just not going to be pretty to look at. That Jets jersey with the yeah. with the cursive Jets name you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I mean, the design I, I, itself the, was the color, great. I, the color scheme was, was fine. The, the color stri- was beautiful. The, the stripe structure was fine. I hated the the crest. I hated that. I it was, yeah, the I crest it was, could have been different. I thought it was lazy and boring, but the yeah, the Very color lazy. was great. Uh, uh, Rick Gibbs says '70s shag carpet." <laughs> <laughs> that will come back eventually. You know it will. Oh yeah, they they do have a carpet right now called frise carpet that is a lot like shag, not quite as shaggy as shag, but it's 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 uh it's it's that halfway. I know this because I built a house a while back, and I we had frise carpet, and that's you built it yourself. Not, I mean, some of it. I finished the basement wow. by myself. Yeah. God, you're a man. A true man. You must shave your balls by yourself. A real. Oh, may you save that segue for later, Jeff? We talked about this. <laughs> Sorry, damn it! I'm so God. bad at this. Uh, Can you believe we're I still used to so be new radio? to having a sponsor? If you shave your if you shave your balls, or you want to shave your balls, or someone would like you to shave your balls, go to manscaped.com and use the promo code LGB to get twenty percent off and free shipping on your order. And it'll benefit the show. It's our sponsor. Check them out. Support our sponsors. We greatly appreciate it. You support us when you support the sponsors. You do. And 20% off and free shipping is substantial. And we'll send you free stickers if you uh, post a picture of your product online with, and tag us. So it's a win-win for everybody. You, your significant other, <laughs> your sticker collection. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there still have the sticker books from your kids. <laughs> the scratch and sniff and the puffy ones, you know, page by page. You get a sticker, you put it in the book. We all did it at some point, right? I did. No, everybody. Yes, I, I no? did it yesterday. <laughs> There's one of them. That's one Very of the stickers nice. you would receive. Yes, Stanley Cup sticker. And Bill, you got something there? You're you're reaching. I do. You're, you're reaching, and you're there. And there's another one. The oh, uh, there's the, the other Stag one. Beer Blues mashup sticker, which is one of the all-time greatest stickers you'll ever find. Only, you'll find it only at 
letsgoblues.com. Uh, there's an update. Uh, Rick Westhead on uh, Twitter said uh, gave an update for the Phil Kenner situation. I had not heard of this. Did, did you guys hear about this at all? I had not heard did, about did this. Did you hear about this? Did you hear it about this? It sounded like a, 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 late, a late night TV sh- Have you heard about host. this? I haven't heard about this. Have you heard this? Have you heard about this? It's news to me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is true. This is honest. I got the truth. Uh, <laughs> Phil Kenner, a one-time college hockey player who stole money from 28 at least 28 NHLers, including Mike Pekka and Brian Burrard, uh, has been sentenced to 17 years in prison. He stole as much as $50 million from these NHL players. And it, apparently it was in like schemes and fraud uh, type situations and investment things. And um, I'm sure, you know, Wells Fargo was not involved in that at all. Um, <laughs> Former Blues That's Tyson Nash, reference. former Blues Tyson Nash and Daryl Sador were victims of Phil Kenner, and testified against him. So that's that's notable, right? So, um, yeah. The only thing that I'll add is is um, I'm really not surprised that Brian Burrard couldn't see this coming. <laughs> wow. I'm Man. sorry. I... It took me about two seconds. I'm like, what? <sighs> That's funny. Yeah, because he, he had an eye injury. That's yeah, to be oh. one of the oh man, one of the most uh, tasteless or or the least tasteful, whichever way you want to go with it, takes you've ever had on the show. That's, wow. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> you said, I, you... The minute I saw this story, that was the first thing in my. That's how that's how my warped mind works. I'm like, oh, I can make a sight joke. <laughs> Uh, so I, I had, I had not heard any of this. Uh, I don't know if you guys had, um, but I don't know how publicized it was that I, I didn't, I didn't hear about it. So I, that, that was, I saw that and I'm like, wow, uh, $50 million. That is nuts. Anyhow. Uh, it reminds me of the whole, I mean, it's not as bad, honestly, to me. I don't remember what the exact price tag was, but what happened to, uh, Jack Johnson, Right with his parents, yeah. remember that? Mm, yeah, uh, they they took a bunch of his money and and just stole and stole and stole, and he had to pay a bunch. And I honestly believe or, that's a big reason that Pittsburgh signed him to a big contract because uh, I thought Rutherford was, was trying to help him out, or yeah, or and say, hey man, uh, I'm going to give you some money. We've got it. The owner the owner's pockets are full. I'm going to give you a, a you know a big contract here, and I'll buy you out in a couple of years, which is what he did this summer. Or it's comparable to John Benet Ramsey's parents. You trying to one up me, son? No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah, I'm being stupid. I forgot my point, actually. Um, That's okay. Moving on, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs did not sign Alex Petrangelo, <laughs> so, so there's that uh, nice little fun tidbit. So uh, you make it, you make it sound like. Uh, Borat there. I enjoyed that. Mm, yeah. The Maple nice. Leafs did not sign Alex Petrangelo. <laughs> not. The Maple Very Leafs nice. did sign Petrangelo not. Mm, yes. <laughs> Are you making fun of my from? Um, so, uh, <laughs> but no, it was just funny because the, the Maple Leafs fans uh, and media all, I mean, oh, Petrangelo, we're getting him. We're getting him. He's coming home, hometown boy. How many times in sports in general do you hear – 
about a player. Oh, he's got the opportunity to come home to where his home is. And it never happens. How many times have the Cardinals with a pitcher that has had a great career elsewhere and he's a free agent? Oh, he can come here and he never does. It's just Mark Burley. Mark Burley Mark is, is a big one. Yes, exactly. Those, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think they got, I think the Toronto media, you know, got paid off with uh, that story with uh, Tavares, right? When Tavares signed right. there. And yeah. so now See? he's going to start a trend. Everybody's going to come here. <clears throat> but hey, no, they, they signed TJ Brody. So all's good. <laughs> um, uh, Montreal. Uh, extended Jake Allen's contract on the two years. So that's an average of 2.875 per year to fully sign there for a four-year deal for uh, 4.25 mil per and extended Gallagher to a six-year deal for six and a half million per. So um, did you hear about their other signing? They, they had another big signing today, actually. Um, their big signing today is a uh, nice 10-year contract to their fans of uh, 10 more years of disappointment. <laughs> Bill, did you hear that? So Ottawa is going to win a cup before Montreal. Is that the saying, uh, Ponder? That's apparently <laughs> what Eugene Melnick thinks. Yeah. No the the uh, the attitude, the mood of the fans of Montreal. Like they all of a sudden after this, you know, they went through this amazing little run. You know that shouldn't have been in that playoff, and uh, you know had a chance to knock off Philly you know, the, the number one seed, um, you know, that it was, it's amazing how just a little bit of success, even, you know, it's playoff success that they shouldn't have even been able to have, um, has changed everything. You know, they were, they were still a couple of years away. You didn't really know what you had in Nick Suzuki. You didn't know what you had in Kakaniemi. And now, you know, they're, they're psyched. They're, you know, they're pouring money into the team you know, uh, they're talking about, you know, the goaltending situation is set up really well for them now. This contract that Jake Allen signed is, you know, that's great. I mean, 2.3. so affordable. A couple of years. Yeah. And right. And and he becomes the goalie that they expose in the, the Seattle draft. So <clears throat> Carey Price and Caden Primo aren't you know, aren't going to be exposed gives Caden Primo another two years to develop. Um, You know, if, if price or when price gets injured, I should say, because that (laughs) seems like it's going to happen. Primo will get a chance to come up and back up or, you know, I Charlie Lindgren, whatever, bring him up. And, you know, they're in a great spot. And the biggest thing, you know, I've, I heard over the last few days and, finally came out today was you know they really needed to sign brenda gallagher you you know with all the momentum that they got with the the uh, acquisitions you know they're they're psyched to have joel edmondson they're psyched to have what they think is a big tough decor and you know it it's they they feel like players want to come there now um because to fully sign there because you know they got uh, edmondson to sign long term jake allen committed to them it's a great mood, and uh, I'll tell you, going into last season, I was still, like, I I would turn on maybe about five minutes of a Canadians game, and just, I'd lose interest, because they just, they weren't exciting, but um, so I'm So, first of all, stoked. 
First of all, for me, super stoked. I like that. Um, so first of all, uh, I uh, uh, want to give reference to way back in the day, uh, there was a summer series that I did in like 2013 or 14 where my best friend Justin Wilson joined the show Drop the and gloves. was a host. Dropping the gloves, was it? We did. Uh, we were the uh, the uh, was Bash Drop Brothers. Was it? Bash okay. Brothers. Okay. Yeah, but we also did a summer where we were actually doing Let's Go Blues Radio um, before we started that. And we discussed uh, Tyler Toffoli because that was when he first came up. And Justin used to call him the candy man because he says Toffoli sounds like a candy. Uh, so it sounds like nice a candy little... company. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Toffoli yeah. products or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, love that signing for them. Uh, loved the the Gallagher extension. Uh, but I will say, Jake Allen, that was the first thing I thought was this gives them a goalie to expose. Because even, even if, um, it, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, even if Primo uh, plays a ton this year, he's still exempt from being uh, picked in the expansion draft, right? Uh, I believe so, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, so this yeah, gives he's... them a goalie that this gives them a goalie that they can expose. And at that price tag, I mean, two point eight seven five. That is a great price for a, a solid backup goalie. I mean, yes, Allen yeah. took a, a a decrease in pay, but at, he knows his role now. Well, he is the backup to Carey Price, and very likely there's a good chance, depending on whether goalies are available. He could be Seattle's starter next year and then work his way to another big contract um, after a year in Seattle. So I think for him, it's a great deal. Um, and it's a great deal for Montreal. Very friendly for both sides. And I'm very happy for Jake to get that contract. I think if you were making 2.875 here, he may still be here. That's true. So, yeah. Actually, I guess that gives him two years. If if he gets picked up and because yeah he's got the one year left at four point four or whatever it is, and then he's got then he would get if he gets picked up by Seattle that'd be two years in Seattle. By that time he'd be what 31? 20, 29? I don't know. How old is he? <clears throat> I'm terrible Jake. with ages. Jake's Jake, 30. yeah. So he'll be thirty two when this thirty three when this contract's up. So that could, if he has a good, good two years, again, just assuming it's picked up by Seattle, a good two years as a split starter or a starter, he could have a good two, three-year contract to end his career. Um, and and I think he'd welcome that. So good for Jake. Uh, Taylor Hall signed in Buffalo, and we assume this was on purpose. Uh, <laughs> the uh, And I, there was a... Uh, a funny, uh, a funny image, a meme on uh, on uh, online on Reddit the way that that uh, shows Gru with the whole uh, presentation board, and it's the it's in four frames. And the first one's be the biggest free agent of the off season. Next frame, make it clear you want to win now. Third frame, sign with Buffalo. And then he looks at it in the fourth frame is like confused, like sign with Buffalo. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, I think a lot of people were confused as far as why Hall would sign with Buffalo, and that isn't a shame. When uh, if if you get a big name free agent, a really big name free agent, uh, to sign with you, granted just for one year, eight million dollars, but still, uh, people are like, why the hell would he do that? <laughs> yeah, I I actually I actually 
really like this move by him. I think it's kind of a prove it deal um, because right now with COVID, uh, you know, the, the flat salary cap, he knows he's not going to get a long-term deal at a nice AAV. So I think what he's doing is he's signing with Buffalo, knowing he's going to play on the top line with one of the most skilled players in the NHL. He's going to play. Yeah. For 8 million for one year. But if he has a big year next off season, if we see the cup, the cap go up at all, it, he's going to get a big contract somewhere. Didn't they say it was going to stay flat for a couple of years, like two years at least. Yeah. But I mean, either way by then, you know, teams might've figured out maybe, maybe he's a 50 goal scorer again next year. We'll see. But I just think that I think it's a smart move by him and his agent. I think this was calculated and he already could be trade bait at the deadline. <laughs> Again, maybe nobody else was calling. I mean, yeah. that that honestly yeah. might be. And yeah, that's a good point, too. The fact that if Buffalo isn't even close to the playoffs, they move him and yep. it's a great return for Buffalo. And he goes to a cup contender like he wanted. Yeah. Granted, it'd be a, it might be a rental. So the return might not be very good. But still, yeah, I, 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 they could get something for him. So, uh, OK. So finally, Blues News, uh, Petrangelo signs with Vegas after a long uh, drawn out, uh, soap opera. Uh, he signed in Vegas for seven years, 8.8 million per with a full, no movement clause and substantial signing bonus every year, except for the final year where there is no signing bonus. Uh, the blues final offer was said to be eight years, 8 million per, uh, limited, no limited, no movement clause in his last season. And, uh, there was, uh, was there a signing bonus? There was a signing bonus, but not a large one. Um, no. So, uh, what you guys thoughts on uh, Petrangelo leaving for Vegas? Um, if if you know, lots lot to uh, dissect here with this, obviously. Um, so first off, do are you um, upset that he left? I think I know Jeff's answer. You do? Do you? I think I do. Yeah. I'm what is Jeff's on, answer? I I'm not gonna say. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna speculate that your Disappointed. Well, well, I, I, I think everyone, everyone's disappointed he's left. But I think you're of the opinion that Armstrong should have given him that deal. Kind of. Um, <laughs> I, I would. I will agree that disappointed is a is a good word to describe how I feel. Um, so we'll we'll get to to Krug here in a minute. But uh, when they signed Krug, that was kind of for me at least. I know that there was a lot of people saying that it wasn't. That was the death sentence for Petrangelo with the Blues to me. And so when that happened, I was instantly pissed off because I wanted the captain back. I felt like this guy has so much of a legacy already built in St. Louis. He needs to stay. Uh, you know, again, I said this last week. You, If you stay and even if you play the worst hockey of your life for eight years, you're going to get a statue. You are probably getting your number retired you're going to be remembered as the greatest captain in blues history because you brought the first cup to St. Louis and, and all of that weighed on my mind. And again, I know it was something that was probably weighing on his mind too. So when he, when they went after Krug and didn't sign Petrangelo instantly, I was pissed off. Then as the night went on, luckily I had already had a couple beers because <laughs> it was on a Friday night when that happened. Um, I started thinking more and more and I said, you know, this is not a bad move for the Blues. And again, we'll get to Krug in a second. 
And then all the talks, I think it was the next day, uh, Petrangelo boarded the plane to Vegas. And I started saying, you know what? They're probably going to sign him to something that is going to strap them with cash, uh, with with uh, the salary cap. And it's probably going to piss off a large portion of their fan base, which it did. And um, it, in hindsight, yes, I still want Petrangelo. And I'm going to wrap up here because I want you guys to get your opinions in too. I still would love the Blues to sign Petrangelo. But at the end of the day, and I, I wanted to come on this show and bitch and bitch and bitch about Doug Armstrong and the way he handled this. But at the end of the day, I don't care what Petrangelo says to the media that he was shocked by the Krug signing or whatever. uh, Armstrong played this right. He didn't sit and wait around for things to happen. He was proactive and he went and got a good defenseman and did not wait on this guy to make his decision. And at the end of the day, it's a business. You have to make the right business move. And to me, Doug Armstrong made the right business move, signed Krug, and said, Petro, if you can go get more somewhere else, go right ahead. And that's exactly what happened. So I'm a, I'm upset that he's gone, but I won't say that I'm, like, mad or upset with the Blues in any means. Is that – go ahead. How you feel, Bill, or what you would you, – uh... Um, similar, not exactly, you know, I, 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 I think the, you know, the narrative now is Newport played poker with Doug Armstrong and like most people who play poker with Doug Armstrong, they lose, um, you know, Petro, um, I would have loved the narrative of Petro staying here, getting his statue built. He's the guy that won us the cup. That would have been an amazing statue out front. Um, you know, the the diehard fan of me, that's that's the that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted the story to be. But this is sports. Sports is a business. We know it's not gonna happen. We witnessed that we went through it with Albert Pujols, right? How could Albert Pujols ever leave St. Louis? It'll never happen. And he left. So I, I I'm not married to players, right? I'm I'm not, you know, players don't stay in one place their entire career. And as much as I would have preferred him to stay here and retire here as a blue, the way that this played out and, you know, Jeff made the point, Doug Armstrong made the exact right move. You cannot sit and wait and, you know, wind up being a wallflower with nobody to dance with. He made the right move going out and getting the guy who actually could probably wind up making a bigger improvement on your D because he's a power play guy. The Blues don't have a power play guy. And how many times over the last three or four years did I say on the show, Alex Petrangelo leads the league in letting Lane shut down in front of him? <laughs> uh, Bill, I, I want to say, Bill, I want to say that I did think of you earlier today. I saw a Vegas fan, uh, actually, it was a Vegas broadcaster, uh, post something about how he's excited to see Petrangelo on the blue line because he's so good at keeping the puck in the zone. And I, I oh, instantly thought, geez. you should talk to my friend Bill Day because he would love to tell you how that's not true. That's the one stick thing. Handle, handle. Oops. That's the one thing that Petrangelo has never been able to master in the NHL is being 
efficient uh walking the line keeping the puck in the blue line uh you know th- that kind of thing his his blue line play in the offensive zone as far as when he's being pressured or, or keeping the puck in is is not he 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 falters a little too often for what he's making but my my stance on it is that uh if if Petrangelo he said you know he would have liked to have stayed here and I just, I just think about it, and I'm like, you know, you know what? Um, the Blues gave you a great offer. You, he would have been the highest paid player in Blues history by far. Eight-year contract, eight million per, sixty-four million dollars. No one else can touch that. Um, so it's not like the Blues weren't you know, giving him, you know, what he was worth. I mean, I think, I think eight, I always said eight years, eight million was uh, eight to eight and a half. I thought that was a very fair price for Petrangelo. I thought that was a great offer. A great, if they were to do that, a great offer. And they did exactly that. Eight years, eight million. And if he wanted to be here, he'd be here. Um, He, 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 and, and I'm not, knocking him for taking a better deal in Vegas. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I, I'm, I'm actually genuinely happy for him. I mean, he's got a fantastic deal. There are very few players in the NHL that have this lopsided of a deal as far as player control versus team control over a player's contract. His, and no one's talking about this. The, the Rivers and BK on, on ESPN, they had potential on today about uh, at length about the potential they don't talk about this they they didn't mention it once they talk about the no movement clause they talk about the signing bonus but together a no movement clause and a large signing bonus okay so people always think okay well there's always an out with the team they can always buy out a player right so even if a, a contract is terrible they can always cut their losses and save some money by buying them out well if you have a full no movement clause and a large signing bonus, which is what Petrangelo got in Vegas, and what he wanted here, uh, what they what they say he did, he wanted here, uh, that essentially essentially makes the contract buyout proof. So the team can't trade him, they can't waive him, they can't buy him out. The only way that team can rid themselves of that contract down the road, if they ever want to, is if the is if the player demands a trade. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago about forcing a player's hands. Like, we're not going to play you. We're not going to play you. So if you want to trade, if you want to play, you're going to play somewhere else. Uh, let us trade you. That's the only recourse team has is to be a dick. So I, and and so I understand why Armstrong didn't want to do that because uh, as a player wanting all of these items all these demands in his contract and not giving on seemingly any of them. Maybe he would have conceded on some of the salary. Maybe he would have agreed to 8 million per and a full no movement and a, and a large signing bonus. But if they gave him less money, maybe the blues would have done seven and a half or seven per, but I doubt Petrangelo would have done 7 million per with a full no trade and a full and a, and a large signing bonus. I, so I, I mean, what Petrangelo was asking for is something that Armstrong has never done and very few players get. There are a lot of players in the league that have no movement clauses. Something like there's like 70 players in the league that have no movement clauses. So there's a, there's a, there's a, chunk, there's a large chunk of them that have it, but not the no movement clause and the large signing bonus. That makes a player untouchable. 
uh, within an organization. So they, and, and great for, again, great for potential potential because he, he's, he's has no fear of being traded, waived, moved, whatever. Uh, and his, he, he has control of where he's going. Fantastic for him. That's great. But I can totally understand why that, why a team would not want to do that. Even though, I mean, what are the chances they're going to waive or buy out Petrangelo? Probably. I mean, unless he just falls off a cliff, probably not going to happen. But there, but you never know. You never know. So, I mean, the team wanted an option of some kind, and to give up all options on a player um, is asking an awful lot of a team. And Vegas did it. So, I mean, and and it it could come back to Burnham. You never know. It might not. He might be a great yep. player for six years and a and a decent one to finish his career, uh, and good for them. But uh, man, that was a it, you'd you'd be asking Petrangelo and the Blues to take a huge risk and a huge gamble. And I think all things considered, signing Krug for two million plus less per year, uh, and, and not giving them the the concessions, the structure um, that Petrangelo got. I think in the long run, uh, structure wise and and future wise, that's a it's a better deal for the Blues as a team. Um, I just want to go ahead and get to some YouTube comments. By the way, we've uh, we've got a, a fair amount of people watching right now, uh, probably the most we've had for an off-season show. So uh, welcome, everybody. If you're new to the show, thank you very much for tuning in. We uh, we love chatting with our listeners here. So I'm going to read some of your comments here. Uh, Rick Gibbs, uh, who, again, I uh, does that name sound familiar to either of you? Is this his first show? Does that sound familiar to you guys? It's not the, it's not the, uh, it's not the Winnipeg Blues fan, is it? The Gib Gib Gibby maybe I don't know I don't know that's the Ash Gibbs okay sorry okay well either way Rick uh, if you're new to the show welcome if you're new to the live show thanks for joining us Uh, he just says uh, great point Bill about Albert yeah Um, that was definitely uh, something I think we all agree on Jesse Hill adds uh, but it's keeping seventeen twenty okay let me let me use player names here but it's keeping Schwartz Steen Bozak Perron and others better than keeping Petrangelo and his legacy with the organization. Yes, uh, I'm 100% with you. Uh, doesn't deserve that contract, he adds. 100% with you, uh, Jesse. But the problem is uh, Steen, uh, Bozak, Perron, Schwartz, they're already under contract. So we can sit here all day and play GM on, on GM mode and NHL 20, but moving those guys and asking other teams, especially in a time like this in the world, moving those guys. And again, people can talk about Justin Falk and how that contract was bad. And I agree hundred percent. We said that last week, we wish that we could have seen him play before signing him to that extension. But at the time the blues were coming off a Stanley cup win. it was our attendance has never been better. Our viewership on Fox Sports has never been better. We're going to keep making money. This is going to be ridiculous. We're going to have so much money to just throw at players left and right. But then COVID hit, and it changed everything. I think Armstrong figured when he signed Falk, yes, right now I'm in kind of a, a bind because I've still got to sign my captain after next season. But... uh we're making so much money. I'll probably be able to move somebody. Other teams are making a bunch of money because the NHL is doing well, that it's not going to be a problem to move salary around and be able to sign my captain. Things changed. Unfortunately, it was, this was completely unforeseen circumstances. Anyway, well, uh, Gibbs says he listens on the podcast and he's hooked on live now. So that's good. Welcome to the live show. That's awesome, man. Thanks for joining us. We, we love interacting with the fans. And if you listen to the podcast, you know, 
So yes, please join us every live show you get a chance to. Um, so uh, then uh, we've got uh, Waltzosaurus, which is a wonderful name, by the way. Uh, I'm guessing you're a Keith Kachuk fan. Good for you. Uh, it's a marketplace no one deserves or is owed a contract. And that's kind of the comment that I made earlier. This is a business. I mean, I hate to say it. I remember uh, back in the 90s, somebody said uh, about baseball. Baseball is not a sport. It's a business. And it pissed a bunch of people off. But it's true to the people who work for the organization. It's not fun in games like us. It's not an escape from reality. This is this is business for them. This is what they do every day. This is their lives. So to get mad and say, well, we love Alex Petrangelo and he needs to stay here and, and the Blues should have done everything to keep him. That's a fan speaking. In terms of a business sense, it made sense to just say, Alex, we love you. We want to have you back. But if you're not going to sign with us by free agent day, we're going to pursue somebody else who can fill in your role. And, yes, we will still have our phone on for if you want to call us. But we made an offer. We're not going any further than that. If you don't want to accept it, we're moving on. And I think that's exactly what had to happen, unfortunately. Jesse Hill says in the YouTube chat, so did Doug put himself in a disadvantage to sign Petrangelo with Faustine and Bozak contracts? I, and I touched on this on, on Twitter today, I think it was, with Falk. Somebody mentioned that the Falk contract prevented the Blues from signing Petrangelo. I don't think that at all. I think the money was there to sign Petrangelo. I think they were, I think they, they, but it was the structure. It was the no movement clause. And it was the signing mm -hmm. bonus that they didn't want to give him. It was a, it had nothing to do with the Blues cap situation. I think they would have found, I mean, granted they weren't going to pay him anything they wanted, but I think it, I, I mean, I, I imagine the Blues, if the Blues would have given him eight million full no movement clause and a huge signing bonus. I think he stays. Uh, well, I think that's fair. But I, I, I and, think, and I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to add to your point. Uh, add to the fact what I just said that when they signed Falk. There was no COVID-19 in America. There was no worry. When they signed Falk, it was the cap's going to go up next year. We'll get at least another $3, three million, $4 million under the cap. So we'll be able to work out any deal with Petro that he wants. And that was that was the thought. And that's just it, everything changed. Yeah. Sorry, Kurt. <clears throat> okay, Bill. I was going to say that that's – you know that is a great point. It, how many how many sports franchises around the world have been upended by this, right? You, you just you can't predict anything like that coming. You make the best decision you can at the time and signing Falk. You know, I, it's you got a all star defenseman. You know, you've now stacked your depth. You know, at right handed shooting defenseman, it's it is it was the right move at the time. The thing with Petrangelo, it, it all comes down to, like Kurt said, the no movement clause and the signing bonus. The no movement clause. Really, look at the money. He left money on the table, what he would have got here in St. Louis. He left, what was it, 2.7, 2.8. So he's, that's, you know, is that the price of a no movement clause? 2.8 million? I mean, that just seems a little, you know, a little ridiculous. But, well, you know, I... There's also there's also the uh, the uh, tax issue in Vegas where yeah, right. he's, yeah, yeah, he'll yeah. take but home I'm, more money. He Vegas. will at the end of the day he's going to take more money. But I would also add that the um, everybody bitches about why not just give him the no movement clause? He's your captain. Guess what? They gave Alexander Steen a no trade clause. 
How much are fans bitching about that now? Yeah. You think you won't bitch about that when Petrangelo is 35 years old? Yeah. I, uh, and uh, Rick Gibbs in the YouTube chat says, uh, where is Falk and his contract now? Hasn't started. Well, next year, is the kicking in. next year is the first year of the contract he signed with the Blues. So he's got a ways to go yet. He's got which seven is, years left. Which is why it's interesting. Some people are saying, well, we should trade Falk. We should trade Falk. I'm like, man, I just don't see Doug Armstrong trading Falk before his contract actually starts with us. That would be admitting a huge mistake. Yep, and, no, and I don't, I don't see a lot of other GMs looking to acquire a contract that yeah. hasn't started yet. Right. I yeah, that's that's a red flags everywhere. I, uh, not saying you couldn't trade him with you know what you get in return, but uh, or, or eating some salary, but still, I don't, I don't see it happening. Oh, uh, and uh, yeah. actually, on the on the uh, uh, radio today, and I found my note. Uh, uh, Petrangelo said on ESPN that uh, COVID. Uh, made him really step back and think, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So he wanted the most security he could get. And the, the huge signing bonus was that. Because actually, you know, as far as league revenues and things, and as far as how escrow works, um, players, a lot of players don't make what they, what Cap Friendly says they make, you know, what their salary is. A lot, I mean, what, what the Taze said, he makes a million less than what his, contract is actually written up as because of the way the the the, the uh, uh uh structure is for for uh, contracts and things with uh escrow um and it's just tied to league reg revenues and things like that so uh the signing bonus money is guaranteed it's not it can't be touched by any of that stuff so uh so he's you know he's he's got security in in that he can't be moved and he's got security in his uh salary that he gets a huge chunk of it guaranteed regardless. So there's that. And so I understand that aspect of it from his point of view, because, because he goes before this season, uh, before COVID, we would have never thought that something like this could happen, but it has. And so you look, you look forward, he's trying to future proof his contract based on, you never know what's going to happen. So I, I respect that a lot actually, but, um, but the disappointment is still there that he did not get something done here. We had a Twitter poll uh, about uh, should Doug Armstrong have met Alex Petrangelo's demands and given him exactly what he wanted, which is a full no, no movement clause and a large signing bonus plus the eight million plus a year. Ninety three percent said no. That's a lot. And that was voted on by over four people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that, electoral that was, like moral college. There, folks, there were there were, there were a handful, uh, a nice number of responses there. So ninety ninety three percent. I think that. It's probably pretty, pretty reflective of the Blues fan base, give or take. I think uh, most fans understand. Yeah, oh. I was I was really shocked um, at how quickly after the Krug signing, like people are like realizing what a great deal that was, and you know that really I think a lot a lot of people to see it for the business that it is. You know, it, Armstrong had choices to make, and he made the right ones. And you know, it, it it was a lot easier to swallow. You know, having Krug locked up, um, and then Armstrong could, you know, even if it was lip service, hey, door still open. Petro, you know, if Petro still wants to do something, you know, we told him keep us up to date with what's going on. You know, Armstrong looked brilliant, and I I think that is probably reflected in that poll that we did. Yeah, I mean, and again, I'll add that if we knew, and, and I know I keep bringing this point up, but if we knew that COVID was coming 
back when Falk signs this contract, I question whether they sign Falk to that contract because if they knew that the cap was going to stay the same, mm -hmm. that the revenue was going to stop coming in, that, okay, you know what? Let's, let's let this guy play a year. Let's see how he does. First, we'll worry about signing our captain. Then we'll talk about maybe trying to sign Falk. Again, you, you couldn't predict what happened. And, and I know that, that Petro made a comment that he was shocked by the Falk signing. And we all talked about it at the time. That, that puts pressure on Petrangelo to get a deal done because Falk is, is waiting in the wings to take his spot. But it's just, we didn't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And, and, and Kurt, like you said, respect the hell out of Petro for saying that, that, hey, you know what? We didn't know COVID was going to happen. And look what happened. I need the security. And the Blues couldn't provide it. They just simply couldn't. And yeah. Vegas has deep pockets, so they could. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, from a from a working class uh, perspective with this whole thing, it I can understand why a lot of fans have a hard time digesting the well, I got to do what's best for me. I got to I got to, you know, uh, look out for myself in the future based on COVID. I'm like, he's you're already set for life. So there's there's that mindset which is not, you know, you, you can't disregard that mindset. That's a valid point. They're already set for life and the Blues are offering you 64 million. It's on the table. Now granted they could waive you, they could trade you based on, you know, the the partial no trade no movement whatever. But uh how likely was that to happen? Probably not. I mean, to be honest, at least not for a long time. So uh yeah, it's uh, a it, it, I don't know. I it, people, the working class have a hard time uh, with a guy who's already made, what, 40 some odd million dollars with the Blues and he's going to make another 60 some odd million. You know, he's offered another 60 million, so 100 million dollars in his career and he's worried about, you know, uh, getting his money in the future. He's got more than he can spend. So that's just another devil's advocate uh, perspective too think about he was actually uh it was in, i was glad that uh i think it was damian rivers actually asked this question i was glad he did he asked how involved potential was in the negotiations uh which is always a question of mine you know how involved is the player is it all the agent is the player just kind of just get occasional updates from the agent how's that go and potential said he wasn't really involved in the negotiations newport didn't do anything without asking him first uh asking petro first but he wasn't really involved in the daily discussions on the ins and outs of the contract. I think uh, uh, Newport would come to him uh, with what they talked about that day and, uh, and and bounce things off of him. But that was about it. So, I, and I think uh, he said uh, he and Armstrong would speak from time to time, but he didn't act like it was very fluent. So, um, yeah, I, that that was interesting to me. That if you, uh, which I mean, and I get it because there's probably a whole lot of technical crap, and it's probably exhausting, um, but. I think that uh, it, not being involved in negotiations a little more, if you do really want to stay somewhere, um, I don't know. That's and again, that's another hard thing for fans to swallow. It's like you're saying one thing, you really want to stay somewhere, but you're not really involved that heavily in the negotiations. So that's no, I don't know. Well, this uh, this discussion is definitely going to continue, um, but I just want to say that uh, Petrangelo with his new contract. Uh, you know, even it doesn't matter how much money he's going to make. He, even if he were making dime on the dollar, uh, he would be able to afford some of the great services from our sponsor, Manscaped. 
Com. I'm telling you, you better be prepared because when I yank it out, everybody in that audience, with the exception of my wife, is going to be running for the exits. Autumn is in the air, and Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins while grooming. And by pumpkins, we actually mean your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Make your balls a priority this fall. You know, let's not forget about it's the best trimmer for your butt, balls, and body as well. <laughs> the lawnmower 3.0. Yeah, no, I mean, um, we we uh, introduced um, Manscaped last week as the uh, new sponsor for our show. And uh, for those of you who are familiar or not familiar with the products, um, if you in the YouTube chat, if you guys have heard of Manscaped, you know, uh, let us know. I'm, I'm very curious to see how, if uh, you guys have heard of them or not, um, and if you've ever used the products. But, um, uh, well, hey, by the way, uh, Jesse Hill says, question mark, slap shot. Yes, sir. That was that that came up in a conversation earlier that uh, Bill actually brought that up about yeah. something else. And Kurt had the the great idea. We should use that in a promo. So very nice, Kurt. Yeah, thank you. I thought I thought it was rather fitting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same subject matter, more or less. Um. Uh, but I want to add uh, real quick, uh, Kurt, you had some comments there on Petro. Rick Gibbs adds, uh, love Kurt's comments on Petro. And, of course, I want to jump over to Facebook here. Our friend Adam Gold, winning Unlimited when he joins the YouTube chat, says, hi, LGB Radio. And I know Adam has uh, graciously. And, and I, okay, I say graciously. He has gone to our sponsor and um, and bought some Manscaped items. So we want to thank him for that. And anyone else who has, let us know. And again, Kurt, you um, you brought yeah. up the stickers. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Take a picture of Adam. Of what... Check out. Yeah. Yeah. Go go ahead and tell him in case take, Adam has not heard. Take a picture, Adam, of what you of what you got. If you have not received yet, you know when you do receive it, take a picture, post it on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Tag us uh, with the uh, and then in the uh, in the photo. Include the uh, LGB sign of some sort, and then uh, we will send you out some stickers. Some uh, tell you Stanley. what, if you tell you what, Adam, here's what I'm going to do because I've already sent you stickers before. If you wear one of the stickers on your forehead when you take the picture, <laughs> I will send you a T-shirt. Mm. How about that? I will wow. send you a Let's Go Blues Radio T-shirt. Wow. So that's that's just for Adam because he's special. You're setting a precedence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um but uh but no, anyway, so so again, thanks Adam. Uh but um but anyway, yeah, uh, again, the promo codes up top here for watching the live show. Otherwise, I think we put it in the podcast notes if you're podcasting. But uh Brad Warhog, uh while we're in a little bit of a kind of a, a segment break here, uh adds love the blues trivia talk early in the podcast. When you guys doing another trivia show? I mean, that is something I guess we could do pretty soon, guys. If yeah, you're interested. I mean off season, uh maybe we could do one. Yeah, uh, that was kind of fun. It's a great time for a trivia night. Sure. Uh and uh Races Fan Rocks 4 adds adds I have used Manscaped because of pro wrestling. Do we have a pro wrestler? Talking to us here in the youth. Is that John? C Am I seeing the John Cena? Hmm. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I guess the rock is more, uh, the rock is in his name. So 
racist fan rocks. Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he explained it earlier. It's it's a Kevin Harvick reference. Okay. So you, you don't see a lot of Harry uh, wrestlers. And if you do, I guess it's in the name, right? You don't see a lot of George the Animal Steals level of right. Harry anymore. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy what... Superfly Stuka? Jesse Hill, Jesus. <laughs> um, no, but as far as our sponsor goes, um, uh, if you guys aren't familiar, the uh, got the box here, the Lawnmower 3.0. This is a fantastic uh, shaver. Um, it uh, what do they say? It's got a uh, ceramic blade that, uh, and the way it's uh, it's it's configured here, it does it a lot less a lot less inclined to nick. So if you've ever uh, used a uh, facial shaver elsewhere in your body, uh, in the nether regions below the belts, have you? Uh, you uh, may have found out that uh, it is more prone to uh, the uh, scary as hell <laughs> uh, moment of nicking. So uh, yeah, this uh, prevents that uh, more or less. So that's uh, that's fan- it's well worth the price of admission for this thing, just uh, for the peace of mind uh, doing that alone. So. Uh, I want to add uh, again, races fan rocks for as we interact with our uh, our fans here on Twitter, our listeners on not Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, he says he loves Eddie Guerrero, and he says he's a uh, pro wrestler in training. Hmm. So races fan rocks for you've been so awesome tonight. If you want to drop us a, a link in there somewhere, we'd be happy to promote you. Uh, whether you have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, something that. Helps get your name out a little bit. Uh, let us know. We'll be happy to, to give you a promotion tonight because you've been awesome. <laughs> uh, because, if, if, I mean, we could talk wrestling for a while, but I, I think that's another another Blues podcast does that. That's another Blues podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, could, I could talk some early 90s wrestling. I you saw, uh, was it Super Slam or whatever the the big, the, 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 the what's that called? The Battle Royale. What's that called? Ah, uh, WrestleMania? Uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it was here in St. Louis in like the mid nineties, I did go to that and it was an excellent time. I had a great time. You know, Macho Man and uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and, and before that was when I was, uh, you know, I was a kid and I was, I was pretty into it watching it. Uh, the whole Rick, uh, Macho Man with the, uh, off the top belt with the, with the, the, the bell on uh, crush the larynx. Crush the larynx. He can't breathe. He can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was uh, that was like my brother and I were laying on the ground on the floor watching TV, and we're like, "Oh my God! He almost killed him. He can't breathe, Dad." <laughs> my dad's like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> but Dad, he can't breathe. They're showing it. Um. So there's that. <laughs> anyway, um. So I think kind of all encompassing in our conversation about Petro. Maybe we should go ahead and, and uh, Kurt, I know you've got a little thing you want to say about the Krug signing. Maybe we should go ahead and mention that. Well, I was going to say that um, uh, also uh, to close out the sponsored portion is to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LGB. Don't forget that. Uh, very important. If you're going to, if you see the Manscaped uh, ad on the show and you're like, hey, I'll try them out. Do not forget the LGB promo code because that gets you 20% off and free shipping and it uh, directly helps us as well so we appreciate it very much directly again i mentioned last week that i was going to do some uh some like interviews in person and i got i got some equipment because of the sale of these jerseys here that i'm wearing right now um and again if you're interested in a let's go blues radio jersey it's complete with the patches on the side and your name and number on the sides and the back um 
jponner94 at gmail.com. Send me an email, and I will gladly uh, set you up with that. But that's the kind of stuff that when we have sponsors, when we start getting money, we're not just putting it in our pockets. We're, we put it right back into the show. So if you are wanting to help us out and have us improve the show in any means necessary, um, that money is put in a pot by the three of us, and it's it's all pooled together so we can improve the show. So, again, manscaped.com, promo code LGB at checkout, 20% off and free shipping. Tori Krug. We signed Tori Krug, which we touched on a lot so far in the show. Uh, but on Friday, the Blues signed free agent defenseman Tori Krug uh, seven years, $45.5 million, cap hit of $6.5 million per season, which is exactly what Petrangelo's cap was before in his last you know, seven years with us. So that's interesting. Uh, Kruger's 29 years old and had spent his entire career in Boston. 523 games played, 337 points, 67 goals, 270 assists, 52 points in 75 playoff games. Do you guys like the deal? So first of all, let me just say that I love and hate the fact that I'm about what I'm about to say. (laughs) Um, He was undrafted. And... I think that's awesome because like when we when I talked to, to Brandon Bullig on the show over the summer, to see an undrafted player turn into a player like Tory Krug or Artemi Panarin is awesome. And I love it. I love and then we talked last week about Datsuk and Zetterberg. Two guys who are probably Hall of Famers that were drafted in the sixth and seventh rounds, uh, which Kurt called right on the button, by the way. Um, I had a lot of discussions uh, with letsgowings.com back in the yeah. day about how lucky they got in that in those drafts. So I, that's why I recall that. So it's it's cool to see, but the only issue that I have with it, the reason I, I like kind of hate it, is guys like Pierre Maguire, every time he touches the puck, that's what we're gonna hear. He was undrafted. And uh, the the blue the the Bruins picked him up and and then the Blues signed him and you know good for him he's got a great career because he was undrafted 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 <laughs> and that's all we're gonna hear all the time so that is annoying but good for him for getting to this point in his career signing a huge deal with the Blues and being an undrafted player. I I, I like I, I mean I, I he's not Petrangelo. He's not going to replace Petrangelo. I mean, not a lot of players could. Um, but I think uh, all things considered, uh, we get to keep Krug. I, I like him a lot. He's a, he's a very good defenseman, uh, more offensive-minded. Granted, it'll be interesting to see how he plays uh, without the, uh, uh, the the powerhouse players he played with. Not It's not a knock on the Blues players, but Boston had some pretty elite players he was playing with on the power play and stuff. So we'll, we'll see how his production in Boston translates to uh, his production here if it's similar or not um but uh, i i there's not much to not like about the deal i think i think it's fine salary wise it's good i I mean uh uh, you get you don't you're not forced the blues still have to make a move though when before tarasenko comes back if i'm not how are they on because he's on ltir so they've got the 7.5 cleared but when they he comes back which is he's supposed to come back He's supposed to be reevaluated uh, about a month or so into the season. So if he comes back after that, at some point, they'll have to clear 
uh, I think some salary before he comes back, which I guess they can waive somebody to make that happen. But uh, that'll be interesting. Well, and it's also that they don't have that cap money until the season starts. Correct. They have so until they can go ten percent over seven point five. They can go. They can go ten percent over. Okay. They can. They can go ten percent over until. Uh, is it until this? I'm not sure what the drop. I think it's still dead. game one. Is it game one? Okay. Uh, they can go. Ten, they can go ten percent over now up until whatever it is. Uh, so they've got that flexibility. Um, I don't think they're over by much. Maybe a million or two. Yeah. Um, but no, and I'm I'm with you, Kurt. I and and Bill. I, I want to get your two cents too. I I love the deal. Again, when it, when it happened. I mean, I instant I I pulled a, a a rookie Twitter move. The minute I saw he signed, I jumped on Twitter and said, "I do not like this." And <laughs> yeah, then again, I as yeah. I like as I like <laughs> thought about it throughout the yeah. night, I thought, "Man, a lefty D." And I know that a lot of people were saying you can't split Pareko and Scandella. I think over time you will see that, and a top pairing of Pareko and Krug is, I mean, that's ridiculous. And I know I like that there's that. six left-handed Ds on the team right now. I think you'll see that changed by game one of the season. Um, I I just, I, I love the deal. I love it. I think the, the cap hit of 6.5 for him, I mean, at least in the first three, four years of the year or three, three, four years of the, the contract. Um, I think that's great. I, I, I think, I mean, again, we're not going to see the cap move for a little bit, but once it does, I think 6.5 for a guy like Tory Krug is more than okay. His uh, his uh, cap hit is 6.5. Uh, his base salary the first two years is only $4 million. Uh, after that, then the third year is $8 million, fourth and fifth or 8.5. Sixth is 6.5, and the last year of it is 6. So the next couple of years, they're only paying, I mean, out of pocket $4 million. Uh, so that's that's there's that, but again, fans only care about the done, cap hit. That was only done because of the the way the the, the again the the revenue's not coming in right now. Yeah, so right. that makes they figured sense. let's pay them less now, right. and that's why you're seeing a lot of backloaded contracts is right now. Yeah, that you know, Kurt talked about this earlier. This the same money that Petro had on the last contract, right? So you're you're talking about you're replacing a guy, and you're replacing him with you know the the same dollars, right? So it's a it's a comfortable contract from an organizational perspective. What you're giving up is you know when Petro signed that deal, he was a lot younger, uh, but you know Krug is a year younger. Than Petrangelo was, you were going to pay Petrangelo more. It's from a money and financial perspective, it's a great deal. Um, you know, I, I think I think it'll be time, you know, before we know where he's going to slot in, who he's going to pair with. Um, I actually kind of like the like the idea of keeping uh, Pareko and Scandella together. Um, I think Pareko and Krug might be a bit too much like-minded, uh, like to jump into the rush and uh, push the play. Um, I, I like pairings that are, you know, you have two pairings that can do that, right? You put um, Falk with uh, Krug. Krug can jump up. Um, Pareko Scandella. Pareko's the guy that jumps up and, you know, whatever the third pairing is, if it's done, you know, which is a question mark. You know, he, he is one of the guys that, you know, is still that's the unfinished business right now for the team. Um, but, 
you know, you've got time to figure it out. Um, you know, like I said earlier, he's he is a lot more effective over his career. I don't, I didn't have time to put the stats together, but you know, he seems to be a lot more effective on the power play. Gets shots through. Doesn't wait for lanes to close down. You know, doesn't always try to walk the blue line with the puck and stick handle and lose it. Um, you know, and not that I'm saying, you know, you know, I, I, I want to be clear, you know, Petro, again, I loved if he would have stayed here. Um, but, you know, we were familiar with the gaffes that never completely got eliminated from his game. You know, even this last year, uh, they crept back in and and we bitched about it when they happened. Um, he is still pretty young, I, though. Yeah. Was he 23, yeah. four? Who's that? Something about Petro. Dunn? Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, no, Dunn. Dunn. Um, I feel like <laughs> you know my my comments on Dunn. You know, I think he took a step backwards last year. Um, I think he can bounce back. Um, you know, hopefully it's he doesn't get the same treatment that uh, Fabry and Edmondson got, which were you know young single guy. You're not you know you gotta shape up or ship out and you yeah. know. I Dunn's think 20. Dunn's of them. He's 23. Yeah. Uh, he's got time. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I, uh, Bill, I, know, I like the Bill, deal. I want to call I, you out I'll... on something. I want to call you out on something. I, I want to ask you. Um, you made the comment you didn't like Krug and Pareko together because you felt like they're too like-minded. But you feel like Krug and Falk would be good together? You think Falk will stick back when Krug wants to jump up? I'm more, I'm more willing to trust Pareko to stick back then Falk. Elaborate, yeah. sir. Go ahead. <laughs> I felt like I felt like Falk when he was ineffective and when we bitched about him last year, it was because he wasn't assertive enough. With Krug, you never have that problem. You know he's gonna be an assertive defenseman. He's not the kind of guy that's gonna second guess himself. Justin Falk does that way too much. Um, and I think he he almost seemed like he was more comfortable playing that role of being more the stay-at-home guy. And, you know, I, maybe, maybe that's, you know, maybe you don't want them together um, so that he doesn't fall into that. Um, I don't know. That That is a, a, a point to consider. Um, but I, I'll real quickly, I'll share, you know, when, um, when the signing came across and I saw it, I yelled upstairs to Julie, um, you know, Hey, we just signed Tori Krug. And she said, <laughs> screamed back down that asshole that hit Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was yeah. every blues fan's reaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, yeah, that's that's perfectly timed. Uh, yep. And of course, you know, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, talk about the uh, uh, the Twitter, uh, the gift sharing that they did, uh, the stepbrothers reference. It was beautiful. Are we, are we now best friends? <laughs> yep. Uh, Walter Soros yep. YouTube chat says, uh, "Can't wait for everyone to forget hating Falk after a bounce back like they did Bo," which uh, I. I hope he's right. I I think I I I think it's a better chance he's going to play better next year than he does to play the same. You know what I mean? I think I think there's and, a much better chance he's going to rebound as opposed to just playing the same. And we mentioned this during the bubble games that, and and uh, uh, actually I'll, I'll give I'll give credit here to Rick Gibbs because he says it too. Falk really stepped it up. Love his energy and focus. I think he's talking about 
uh, I'm guessing, Rick, you're talking about the bubble games, the bubble hockey. Um, he really stepped his game up during the, the round robin, especially. Like, during the round robin, I felt like he was – him and the, the, the goaltenders, especially him and Jake Allen, but, but I'd put Bennington up there too. They were the best Blues players in in the round robin playoffs and once the playoffs actually started falk was still up there one of the best players uh for the blues again his energy his focus he stepped in at the right times he laid back at the right times and and i just think that again and rick says yes uh he agrees yes he was talking about the bubble um if that's the justin falk we get and and this was something we talked about last week kurt is if Petro leaves, which he did, uh, and now all of a sudden Falk is going to be relied on to play more than third-pairing minutes, is he going to be able to step his game up like he was playing in Carolina? And I don't. See I that. think they. I think they used him a little bit more there during the round robin games, which is part of the reason why, because they were resting Petro and Pareko. And I, I again, I have to look at the numbers. I have to look at the minutes, but. I'm pretty sure Falk was playing equal minutes with them and he looked great. And and if that's the case, maybe we see a just different Justin Falk this year. He, well, you're going to laugh his last year in Carolina. He actually played more minutes his first year. I'm sorry. No, he played less. So last year he played less than he had his entire career. Mm. Average time on ice was 2034. He had always been, over 22 uh, and often over 23, 24 minutes per game in Carolina. So, yeah, it was him and uh, uh, I'll help me out. He's their defenseman in Carolina. They love uh, it's too late. My brain isn't working. Hold on. Anyway, it was him and one other guy that were always getting the minutes in Carolina. And then he comes to Jacob St. Louis. Slavin. Thank you, Jacob Slavin. And um, he comes to St. Louis, and all of a sudden it's Petro, Pareko, Bomeister, then Scandella, then Vince Dunn was getting a bunch of minutes. I mean, he was lost in the shuffle. So I'm hoping that when he gets more minutes, probably next season he will, we're going to see a different guy. Let me look up. Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. He's not going to be third fiddle right defenseman. You know, he's he's going to be that number two right defenseman at worst. Might be top pairing. Uh, Falk got the fourth most minutes last year behind Petrangelo, Pareko, Bomeister. And uh, he got 20 seconds more per game on average, more than Scandella. So, yeah, he didn't and get And that's probably, how many games was Scandella? Was that probably seven or 11, eight, right? 11 games for Scandella. 11. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, Dunn got, uh, Dunn only got 16 minutes average time on ice. Hmm. Well, either way, I, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, it's so easy for him, for Falk to be the whipping boy this season. Um, and it's, it's deserved. I'm not going to lie. You know, he signed a big contract. He came in, he underperformed, but we'll see. I mean, now that, the right-handed D is a little less congested, and he's definitely your second-best left-handed D. Let's see what he can do. I think he might be able to do a lot, depending on who his line mate is. You know what's going to suck? I mean, 
and if, Krug is, like it or not, he's going to be thought of as the Petrangelo replacement. And if he doesn't play really well, people are going to say it's a shitty contract. Should have signed Petro. Shouldn't have signed Krug. They're gonna, it's going to be, he's going to be under the microscope, uh, maybe unfairly, but he's going to be under the microscope. Go ahead, Kurt. Make the comparison, Kurt. Make who's, the comp- who's, what are you thinking of? Pronger know. Brewer. Oh, Pronger Brewer. Oh, that's, I oh mean, listen, God. that's, listen, that's so much listen. apples and oranges. Okay. Brewer, For, Brewer was terrible. <laughs> but when he was first brought, who yeah. scored the first goal in the 2005, 2006 season? Eric Brewer. Was it Brewer? Who, who was the top minute getter in the 2005, 2006 season? Eric Brewer. So he was the one that was clearly judged next to Chris Pronger. And listen, we bitch about that guy constantly. Well, he was he traded was for him. And That's a little, yeah, okay. But, uh, but Krug was signed in place of Petrangelo. Right. Well, so you know yeah, well, there's going to be people if you that are literally Armstrong. going to say, if you, you believe, know there's going to literally be people if, 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 who say, if you believe Doug Armstrong, he was he was gonna he said the door was still open. So right. in his mind, if Petrangelo wanted to sign back here, at least publicly, he was willing to try and work something out to but have them both. Anyone you know how social media works. The minute the Krug makes one bad play, it's going oh, yeah. to be oh, I know. Petro wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's why I just yeah, and I, it, I yeah. That's why I brought it's, it up. It's was... going to be a comparison to Petrangelo. Sure. So it's the same again. Eric Brewer was awful. I'm not going to say he wasn't, but it was he had unfair circumstances coming in. Like right away, even when that trade was made, and I'm I'm the fucking world's biggest Chris Pronger fan. Um, I was like, this guy is going to be hated in St. Louis. He's going to be hated no matter what he does because he's supposed to replace Chris Pronger, and that is what Tory Krug is going to do. I'm I don't know if he's going to be quote unquote hated. But I could see him not being liked at first. Oh, I, I think uh, I think it's a huge uphill battle for Krug. I, I it's not fair to him, but I, I think that that's going to be the case. He's not as good as Petrangelo, and and I think fans are going to want him to be. I I think the the handedness is going to be helpful to him. Right, he's not a right-handed shooting defenseman. He's he's a different player. I I, I don't look at him, and and he doesn't look at himself. And I think that's the most important thing. And if he can keep grounded in that and convince people of that, he is not a replacement for Petrangelo. Nobody could replace Petrangelo. Nobody could deliver what Petrangelo did. I agree with you. In the first cup in in team history, right? I there's there will be a bit of an uphill battle. I don't think it's going to be all that big. I, I uh, you know it, how fans it, are though. It, it, yeah, but it it all comes down to how well we perform on the ice. That's true. If the Blues, call, true. if the Blues power play is clicking and Krug is a big part of that, that that goes away right away. I think if we're winning, I I, I mean I I, I mean. I think if we're just winning, I don't think it matters if the, if the power play is any good. I, if we're winning games and playing well overall, I I think that and that's always been the case. A lot of players, goalies especially, um, they're they're less than stellar play that will be called out if you're losing. 
is is uh, given a free pass when you're winning. That's just and that's just the nature of sports. Because uh, when you lose, you're looking for reasons why, and you nitpick everything, and you 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 pick apart and you find who's underperforming and you blow it up. And I think that's and if you're winning, it doesn't matter. If you're losing, you look for reasons why. And if Krug is not Petrangelo, he's going to be to blame. I think Falk is under the microscope this year too. Obviously, um, done. Um, and uh, I think Pareko. Uh, well, Jesse Hill said, shouldn't Preko be compared to Petrangelo, not Krug and Falk? And I think Preko, this is, the, the team the team is, I guess as a whole, you could argue is under a microscope because we've, lo- we've lost the captain. We need a new captain. And so we got a couple new players and maybe a few new players, uh, depending on if there's another move or two. Uh, so I think the team has some things to prove this season. So I think we'll... We'll have to see how that goes. I think they'll be okay. Yeah. I, and but it just depends how how okay they're gonna be. Yeah, and I, I think that again, you think about all the 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 things that led up to letting Petrangelo walk and go to Vegas. One of them is Colton Pareko came out of nowhere and all of a sudden has been a guy said on this show. If, if there's ever going to be a defenseman that's going to win the Norris that's not named Petrangelo in St. Louis, it's going to be Pareko. Yeah. So you don't let Petro walk without Colton Pareko stepping up and playing the way he's played. So he is also under a microscope. Again, I think you're going to see the same com- kind of comments made if Pareko gets walked, if um, a, a play happens and, and he turns the puck over or whatever – you're going to see fans saying, well, I don't think Petro would have done that because he's the guy that's that's stepping up in Petro's absence. So um, it's, it's, it's odd. It's going to be an interesting season to see how people react, especially on social media. But, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. If, if they're winning, we're not hearing any of that. It's by Petro. We don't yeah. need you. Enjoy Vegas, you know. Don't uh, you know? Don't let the the door hit your ass in the way out. But now it's you know, if they lose, if they're they go on a five game losing streak to open the season or whatever, mm-hmm. you're gonna see people wanting heads to start rolling in St. Louis. Yeah, I'll say for Pareko, I his play in the bubble was dog shit. And okay. I, I hope it's because he was one of the ones that was exposed to COVID and hadn't recovered. I think he and Dunn are the two guys that I think looked the most like they were yeah. uh, physically impaired, um, you know, uh, likely, you know, due to exposure, um, overcoming the virus. That's, that's my hope. Cause God, he was, he was dog shit. So who's the next captain? I mean, it, I, I, it seems obvious, but I mean, do you guys have a, have an opinion? I, you know, I, I think my, if I, if I were to pick, I would pick Schwartz. Schwartz as the captain. Yes. Really? Yes. I, I don't think O'Reilly, that. I don't think O'Reilly wants it. Okay. I, I don't think he wants that pressure. He had it, he had it in Buffalo. Um, you know, he's, he is, he's a, great lead by example guy but you know i don't know that he's necessarily the you know i don't think he's going to be as effective if he has that uh okay you know has to man schwartz i mean with his contract being up uh, 
His sure. contract's up in a year. You you really think they might yeah. name him captain, huh? I well, you think I a deal gets, I, you I, think the, a deal well, gets worked out before that? I didn't ask Bill if he thought he would be the captain. I think I asked Bill. I think I asked who you wanted to be the captain, or I, I, who do you think would be the next one? Okay, who, okay. I, well, that's, I, that's a different question. Who do you want to be the captain? Well, who do you think? Well, would be the well, captain? well, well, wait, wait. Let me ask Bill then. Bill, do you think a deal will be huh? worked out with Schwartz before they name a captain? If it's going to be him, yeah. I, I don't think you name a guy just to be a captain for a year. But Unless you your know, name I, is yeah. uh, Dallas Drake. Ugh. Well, <laughs> this isn't the Larry Plo era. Um, yeah. I'm, you know what? Uh, I mean, if it's not O'Reilly, I'm, I'm a Shen guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Shen captain guy. I, I think that's – I'd love to see Shen get that. I think he's a – He's that kind of a fiery, kind of a, a, a no nonsense kind of guy. Um, leads by example, kind of on the ice. Yes. Um, but he's uh, he seems very uh, passionate. I mean, and now you don't have to be that way. Potential wasn't necessarily that way on the ice. Um, but uh, personally, I like to see emotion in a player. I like to see that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's uh, that's who I think I would like to see get to see if it's not. I mean, I think it's going to be. I I think it would be O'Reilly. But uh, or at least I think he'd be approached first to see if he wants it. If he doesn't want it, then I think I'd like to see uh, uh, inquire about Shen. Yeah, from I, uh, an ego uh, management uh, perspective, though, what about Tarasenko? No, <sighs> he's going to be injured, and you don't know how he's going to come back. If he, yeah, yeah, if he, and he's not going to start the season with the team too. So I think you know what? If he weren't injury prone. I don't even know. I, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think he's captain. He's not a captain-like guy. I don't think. I don't think it's, it's not his role. I think he's more of a. Uh, uh, as good as he is, he's a. He's almost like a role player in a sense. He's like a the 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 great scorer that is is uh, in addition to, not the the team isn't built around kind of person. Yeah, I uh, my my opinion, which. Uh, like most of St. Louis, I think is I, I who I think it's going to. I think the first person they approach is O'Reilly. Um, but I think uh, so. I uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he mentioned uh, he thinks that Braden Shen has been this team's captain since he came aboard, and and he brought up when they were awful uh, that the year that they started off on fire. And then they just fell apart. Shen's first year with the organization. He remembered a game where uh, the Colorado Avalanche uh, and Blues, uh, he fought Gabriel Landis Cog right off the bat. Like literally, they both got fighting majors at like 1959 of the first period. And he's like, that is what a leader does. He steps up, he does whatever the team needs. And that was what the team needed. They needed something feisty. And I see his point. I would love it. I'm a big Braden Shin fan myself, and I'll admit if he gets captain, I will probably go out and get his jersey, the one jersey I'll buy this year. Um, but I think a dark horse candidate, too, is Colton Pareko. I think they're sold on him. I think they're 100% sold on him. I, I, and we've we've talked about him. We've, you know, stroked his lack of ego. <laughs> I don't think he has an ego at all. I think he's very... Down to earth is very uh, nice, well-rounded, too nice of a guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I oh man, 
maybe maybe in a few years uh but man i don't know about now he's he seems i don't know it just seems uh, just doesn't seem like the raw raw leader kind of not not that you have to be that kind of guy and a captain but neither was petro in the locker room i think he maybe when you saw a video in the locker room he did a little bit but uh um i think uh i think o'reilly is the the work ethic that he has the the first on the ice the last off the extra the extra practice the stick the constant drills he's doing on his own uh i think that is pretty damn good captain material as far as leading by example goes you know i think i think as far as work ethic goes you can't you can't beat what he the time he puts in to to work on his game and to work on his skills um because it's been mentioned before that players see him doing that and they're like, whoa, well, maybe I should be doing some more of that. So I think, I think just, just by doing his own thing, if you can get players to, to work harder on their game, then I think that's automatically your, your high on the list for, for captain material. It's by default. Yeah. I would say that there are a lot of candidates, a lot of damn good candidates for, for being the captain and you, you could be hard pressed to make a bad decision. You know, yeah. I think the one that I saw in the in the, in the chat about Falk getting it <laughs> to keep it at number twenty seven, that might be the one bad decision you could make, um, or or give it in to Tory Krug who who hasn't been here at all. Yeah, that'd right? be weird. That's but, like Gretzky, right? Gretzky comes on board, instant captain. But no. Krug is Krug is not Gretzky. So. Okay, we can talk about Jeff now. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, Kyle Clifford. Let's talk about him real quick, um, and then pretend yeah. we didn't. Uh, the big red dog signs in St. Louis. Uh, two years, one million per. Uh, Twenty-nine years old. Twenty-nine years old. Finished the uh, last season with the Maple Leafs after being traded by the Kings on February fifth. Uh, with the Leafs, he scored one goal and two assists in sixteen games while adding twenty-three penalty minutes. Did we talk about him uh, as a possible trade candidate? I, I, I think. I, when I sent that out on Twitter, I got Clifford confused with Toffoli. When we talked about Toffoli as possibly uh, as a as a as a trade deadline guy, the Blues might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, Clifford's name came up too. I think his name came up too at some point. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think it did. Okay. Um, and I I think you know whether it was back then or now that we have signed him, um, I think what this is uh, what this signifies is. Um, you know uh, the the roster missing a a rugged you know depth yeah. forward. So right? he's you know after Pat Maroon left, yeah. you know he, he there was a hole at, at least. Yeah. You know you didn't get that from Mackenzie McEachern. You know he could come in and bounce people around for a game, but then you know he he couldn't string multiple games together where he looked like a competent NHLer, Cal Clifford's got a resume, right? He's, yep. he's a couple of cups in LA. Um, you know, he's been around the block, big body, um, you know, leadership material. Uh, he's 29. I, he's not I, 35. So he's, 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 right. he's still, it's a good age. Right. right. We're not going to have to sign Troy Brower, um, you know, <laughs> late in the season uh, to bring in yeah. another body. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 there's not a lot about this. I don't like, I, you know, I, I, he was one of those guys that when he played for LA, uh, I hated it. You know, I hated when we were up against him. you know, he just, he made life miserable for people. Um, you know, he's, he's not as bad as like Marshand or, you know, uh, 
other players like that, but he's not but as he's, talented he's either. Sand, no, he's not, and he's he, but he's a sandpaper kind of guy. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I I, I think it's a, he's a he's a fourth line guy. He's gonna he's gonna add that size uh, that is kind of helpful if you play if your system plays us you know relies on a fourth line to to, to play that way. Um, kind of comes in and, and and might play the role of a, a maroon type player. Uh, to some degree, so uh, one million per, it's not much. So that's that's cool. Um, so I like it. Uh, it's it's not. You know, he's not. I mean, it's not a movie you're excited about, but it's a movie you're like. Hey, I like that. That's good. Uh, it's a fourth line guy. We like it. We'll, we'll take it. So it's 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 a need. Well, and I think too, it it does kind of like Bill was saying with uh, McGeckern and maybe even a couple other younger guys. I think it challenges some guys to try and battle for a role more. I mean, we, we make the comment about goaltending how, and again, we, we didn't mention John Gillies getting signed, but the veteran, the blues signed for, for goaltending was John Gillies. And he's going to battle with Billy Huso for that backup job in St. Louis. And you need that in training camp. And I think Kyle Clifford, he, he's going to make guys like Mackenzie McKecker and think twice about having a secure spot. Even a guy like Nolan Stevens, who's trying to work their way to the NHL roster. Hey, we just got another hurdle. We've got Kyle Clifford, who's a Stanley Cup winner, proven kind of tough guy who can also put the puck in the back of the net when needed. He can even fill in on the penalty kill or power play if you really, really need it. Um, he's versatile. And I think it it really is going to make those guys work even harder in training camp to prove they belong on the NHL roster. Uh, Steen is out for the year on LTIR. I mean, the rumor going around that uh, he may not return, um, being on LTIR may retire after the season. Um, and also his no trade clause, which we've talked about at length. And I had a rant on (laughs) not long ago about people just wanting to trade Alex Steen. Uh, his no trade clause expires on February 1st which is scheduled to be about a month after the season starts. So then you can finally say, realistically, just trade Alex Steen. <laughs> uh, so I'll have to, whenever I do my uh, my shows uh, over the offseason, I'll have to change your opening quote to, you can fucking trade <laughs> Alex Steen. <laughs> just do it. You can trade you Alex Steen. You can trade him. Do it. Uh, Lance DeScott, our friend from the uh, the Drop podcast, uh, just to kind of jump into the last segment we had, uh, just talking about Clifford, just a body who won two cups with the Kings two years ago, or years ago. Uh, he isn't the same guy. Uh, I think he was commenting to specific things I was saying. Um, he says, uh, a 10-minute or less guy, talking about him, and uh, he says he hasn't played in the NHL since 2018. That's not true. Clifford? Kyle Clifford? Clifford? No, he, was he, the, he had an incident with the Leafs last year. The Leafs last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Bennington. Are was, you yeah. talking? Sorry, Lance, am I misquoting you? Please go ahead and, and clarify who you're talking about. Um, but no, I... Steen, he played, he I played mean, uh, yes, he played a full... He played uh, 60, 70... Yeah, yeah I was saying, he got traded at the trade deadline at the Leafs. So yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But but anyway, about And he Steen, had an incident with um, uh, Bennington. He knocked him down, cross-check. Well, not Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was a... Overblown thing, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to add that, you know, if you can trade Steen, you do it so you can get rid of that contract. But, I mean, at the same time, you, it, it, 
talking about people who saying, well, you should trade Bozak. Well, you should trade this guy, trade that guy instead of trading Jake Allen and, and to free up money for Petrangelo. You have to take a buyer too. And, oh, he's talking about Gillies. I'm sorry, Lance. Lance is talking about John Gillies. Uh, he hasn't played in yeah, the NHL yeah. since 2018. He's right. Um, and I, I was not, again, we don't need to break that one down too much, but I wasn't a fan of that. I think there's so many UFA goalies they could have tried to bring in to challenge Huso for the backup spot. I wasn't a fan of that either. But, oh, Bill, go ahead. You're the goalie guy. Go ahead. I I don't look at him as coming into challenge for that backup spot. He's He's our AHL guy this year. Uh, that's when I saw that signing. It's it's not, you know, best case scenario. It's Brian Elliott, right? The the guy that uh, washed out, uh, you know, where where he was drafted, and um, you know, came in surprised, you know, everybody by making the team. I don't see it happening. He's he's a depth signing. He's an AHL goalie. Yeah, I I just would have preferred to see the Blues do something a little. I don't know, a little better. And Lance says, Huso is hurt so often. Uh, you're right. Um, again, another reason why you you maybe wait out the market and you see who's left closer to the start of the season and maybe you, you make a entry-level deal. And it's not like there have not been – it's not like there's been a shortage of goalies available. I mean, there's a ton of – there was a ton of goalies available. Ton, yeah. I mean, I, as far as I, you could have had – I mean, I think somebody asked us on Twitter, uh, would you want Crawford? And I was like, Man. oh, it's a, that's a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean, depends on the price. I mean, it, it definitely was the, the deepest goalie market. And, you know, that's why when I saw who it was that they signed, you know, my immediate reaction was he's just going straight today. He's, he's yeah, not it's, coming it's here. It's an HL signing. Yeah. If he, if he gets the starting job, I mean, the starting, if he gets the backup job, in St. Louis out of training camp, Vili Huso was probably literally throwing up on the corner of the ice and I not th- even trying yeah. to play goal. If Gillies gets the start, it gets the backup job. Uh, the blues are looking for another option uh, right away mm. to replace Gillies. Uh, that's yeah. Lance says, no, I'm just glad it wasn't Mike Smith. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I think Edmonton <laughs> Oilers fans were wishing they would have signed Gillies over Mike Smith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, we, did we talk about state? We talked about Steen. Uh, yeah. And Tarasenko is uh, out for the first month of the season, at least, uh, will be reevaluated, uh, at that time. Uh, and I can't wait for the don't rush him back. Let him get extra healthy. Comments again, because <laughs> <laughs> that's worked out so well. Because and it didn't, and, and and I think that just proved my point. The people, oh well, he's had extra time to get extra healthy. I'm like, there is no extra healthy. He's either healthy to play or he isn't. The doctors aren't going to clear him if he's not fully ready to go. And if he can hurt himself worse by playing, they're not going to, you know what I mean? They're not going to play. It's like okay, he can play. He's not going to hurt it worse. He'll, that's fine. It, there's no extra healthy, extra time to get extra healthy. I don't think that's a, that's a kind of a weird, I don't think that's really a thing. But if doctor is listening and wants to come on and say, no, if you get extra healthy, <laughs> you're, 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 you're better. Didn't I see Corey Schneider was signed? Uh, Am I wrong he? on that? Yes. Yes, you did. He, uh, he is back with uh, Lou Lamarillo. 
Yeah. 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 Um, um, sorry, I'm I'm looking at cap friendly right now at available goaltenders uh, to kind of prove my point on why they shouldn't sign Gillies, and he's he's the first name that comes up, and I am shocked by that. Um, That's shocking. I don't know. Just a couple, just just looking at the other names on here, they could have signed Mike Condon, uh, Ryan Miller is still available. Um, Garrett Sparks could have had yeah. Could, could have had Lundqvist for a million and a half or about. Well, yeah, no, but couldn't. we knew he was going to. <laughs> yeah, he was going to Washington. I know. I'm just saying. Andrew Hammond. I mean, again, not. I mean, these wow. aren't Hamburglar. Wow. They're Hammond. not. They're not blowing you off and and just saying, oh my god, I can't believe this guy's available. But for them to go after John Gillies, it just it's it's shocking to me. I mean, maybe there's something in That's the shocking. professional scouts where they say. This guy is going to be a great AHL goalie, and he can back up in the NHL. Sure, but I don't know. I just would have liked to have seen somebody who could challenge more for the backup role to make Huso play the top of his game in training camp. Schneider did sign. Yeah, he signed. Yeah. That's what I thought. He signed with the Cause, Islanders because he's on. Yeah, cap friendly. He's still listed as a free agent. That's literally what I just said, Kurt. Okay, I'm sorry. I was I was I was searching while you said that. Sorry, my <laughs> bad. I don't listen to you okay. whatsoever. I know you don't. I can tell. <laughs> I was doing research <laughs> while you explained what I was looking up. <laughs> so it hasn't been officially announced. I um, as of two days ago. Um, the post, I guess, that's Larry Brooks was reporting. Uh, he was on uh, on the verge of signing with the Islanders. Andrew Hammond's on here. <laughs> Don't even. Don't go there. Um, well, and uh, Stephen King would have been a huge fan of the Blues if they would have signed this free agent, Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman. Who is that? Anybody? Who is that? No? That is a pen name used by Stephen King. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was not aware. So, yeah, there's yeah. a goalie Bachman. also. Right. He had uh, a cup of coffee with the stars, right? Yep, yep, yep. Taking care of business. Bachman, Turner Overdrive. Turner Overdrive. <laughs> Catherine Turner Overdrive. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the supercar. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, and uh, we have reached the end of our topic list. Well, what do you guys think? Um, I had a friend, we'll close up with this, I guess. Um, I had a friend say that he thinks the Blues missed the playoffs this next year. year. Uh, yeah. I so mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think the team is drastically... Uh, no. I, I, don't I mean, think, no, what, I, what are your thoughts? I don't think... Well, I mean, okay, let's look at it. There's no Tarasenko for who, who knows how long. Steen is maybe done for the season they're talking about. Um, which, granted, losing Steen is not a huge deal. But, okay, so... Um, penalty kill it is. Penalty kill, yeah, he, he has a role. Um, but uh, but he's replaceable, maybe. Um, uh, so no Tarasenko, no Steen. Uh, you got to hopefully uh, Bennington rebounds after his poor performance, uh, uh, you know, in the bubble. Um, and Krug, how is he gonna? You know, how is he gonna adapt to the blue system? Falk, is he gonna rebound? Done? Is he gonna improve his play? 
there's a lot of questions. I mean, you know, for a Lots team that ifs. is just a couple of seasons removed from the cup that is was supposed to be a legit cup contender last year, they really have a lot of questions um, on this team. So I, I, to well, say to say that they're they're not going to make the playoffs, you know, I mean that's that's going to the extreme on the on the on the on the chart of where they're going to fall. I just, I mean, who knows? I mean, I would say that's a pretty far-fetched. So to me, to me, the, the, okay. Yes. There's going to be a lot of question marks. You're right, Kurt, hundred percent. But I think in the latter half, if, if these question marks don't pan out, it's all negative. I think you're still talking about a wild card team. If everything turns out, if if Falk becomes the player we expected him to be, or even close to it, and Biddington picks his game up and honestly even plays the way he played last season for the most part, I just think in the bubble he wasn't the best. But I thought during the season, I know his numbers weren't great, but he was good enough to get the Blues wins. Um, if Robert Thomas can continue moving forward in his uh, in his abilities, same thing with Costin, Cairo. If Tarasenko can come back, even be half the player he was just two, three years ago, you're still talking about a Stanley Cup contender. Um, and Krug, if Krug can step in and be the player he was there, for Boston, you know, there's no reason to think that Krug's not going to be not going to be really good. I mean, he's he's going to be he should be really good. On paper, I don't even want to say on paper. Just watching the guy play, he, he looks like the guy who should be able to step into this lineup and play fantastic, just like he did in Boston. I think people so we'll uh, see have concerns. When, you know, Falk came over, didn't play very well. Oh, Krug could come over and not play very well. I think Boston's style of play is a lot some more similar to the Blues style of play than Carolina's was. Uh, I think that's that maybe a, a plus for Krug. I, 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 and Krug even said that the blue style of play is like a perfect match for him. So I think, you know, I, th- I think he'll be just fine. I, that there's no reason to think uh, that he's going to be terrible uh, or, or not terrible, but, you know, he's going to suffer a, 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 a regression like Falk did when he came over. I, I think, honestly, the the fact that Falk had such a regression last year, I think I think that's outside of the norm. Um, I think it, there's definitely going to be some, some what's the word I'm looking for? I guess hurdles when you start with a new team, especially when you switch conferences, um, you know, like, like Falk did. That's ex- to be expected. Um, but I, I think the regression we saw in him is something that normally doesn't happen. So I would say if, if Krug starts the season 10 games in without a goal or not looking great, don't worry yet. There's always okay. that adjustment period. Okay. I just think Falk was was not the norm. So okay, so you, you thought that the Blues are likely a wild card team. Is that right, Jeff? At the at the worst, yes. <clears throat> okay. So I'm trying to look at the division here. And I'm so that means they finish outside the top three. I'm, I'm, I'm realistically, I don't, I mean, so you'd say Colorado. Um, I guess you'd say Dallas is because they had a nice run, but honestly, they didn't have a great year last year at all. I mean, they, they got a hot in the bubble. Um, does that mean they're automatically going to have a great season next season? Who knows? 
I think there's. I think it quite, probably means. I think it could mean the opposite. Yeah, the that, short yeah, it could very well be. So I, I mean, who's going to finish out of the Blues? So Colorado uh, is is quite likely, um, right? If if the Blues regress at all, um, I don't see anybody else. Really, I mean, to to say head and shoulders, yes, they're ahead of the Blues. You know, I think I think I don't. I'm not going to say they're ahead, and I, I'm with you. I think at worst they're a wild card team. Okay, but I think. I think they are second or third place. I think Colorado takes the division. Dallas is going to be up there. I think Nashville is going to mm. bounce back. I think their team mm. is better than what they put out this year. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be better than the Blues, but I think they're going to challenge the Blues more than they did this year. And I think Minnesota will be better. I think they're better coached. Uh, Chicago is just not they don't even have a goalie they literally they literally <laughs> could take bill day the guy in the middle of our panel here and put him in goal and probably have the same record that they're going to have this year what do you think bill thank you agree with the that? vote of confidence thank you. <laughs> i would never wear those colors um no um I so you know on Nashville, you know, I think the one thing they have going in their favor is they're going to have a full year of John Hines. Um, you know, Laviolette's message historically, you know, he's kind of like Hitchcock, goes in, lights the team on fire for the first year and a half, and then everybody hates him after that. And I think that's what happened um, a little bit. Um, but I also think that they've got a, a locker room problem. Um, you know, the, the fact that they, they have stockpiled all of these guys who could be number one centers everywhere, um, with, you know, between Forsberg, Duchenne, uh, you know, there's, there's just too many of the same caliber player, um, and it's not working. Um, you know, I, one of their better depth guys, um, uh, what's his name? Um. Uh, just signed in uh, Boston. Um, oh, Craig. yeah. Uh, 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 hell, yeah. yeah. Whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. He's gone. Um, who's the other guy? Uh, another one of their depth guys that always give the Blues fits. He's he's in Ottawa now. I they're you know, yeah. Roman Yossi is still probably you know the the best defenseman in the Central, um, but. I, I just I'm not sold on them. Their goaltending, you know, they're this next year, you know, they're they're really gonna have to rely on UC Soros and uh, you know, whoever the next finished goalie that they're gonna bring along is. Um I think Renee's pretty much done. I don't see Nashville being better than the Blues. I, I think it I think you're right. It's gonna be Colorado, Dallas, St. Louis. Um you know, I think Winnipeg is, uh, you know, yeah, they got Paul Stasny back, but they've, they still haven't addressed their defense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I Craig don't Smith, see right? Craig Smith. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't see Minnesota being that much better. Um, you know, they've, uh, They've made some moves, uh, but I, I don't see them being better than than the Blues. So I, I think the Blues third place. But, you know, a lot of it will come down to, you know, for the Blues now, this is the first time that you would, in the last five years, that you'd say the Blues have true defensive question marks. We just don't know what the, uh, the chemistry is going to be like, and we don't know what kind of season Jordan Biddington's going to have. 
you know, that it, I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's frustrated. He's motivated. And we've seen what that, how he reacts, you know, from a game to game situation. Um, if he's developing into a, a true career number one NHL goalie, that next step that he has to prove is that he can bounce back season to season. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think he's got the mentality to do it. Um, and I think he's going to be probably the biggest uh, factor in determining where the Blues wind up seating. Um, yeah, let me just add real quick. Kylo Rat on the uh, the YouTube chat, which is uh, an amazing name. I'm guessing that's a reference to Star Wars, so I'm all for it. Uh, he's, he also said Craig Smith. I looked it up, but then I saw he posted that too. So thank you, Kylo. For that, uh, Waltasaurus adds, Saros is a bum. Light him up. Uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Lance adds uh, over in the Facebook chat, Lance to Scott, friend from the Drop Podcast. Minnesota has Talbot and goal. No way. Um, Lance, listen, all, all I'm going to say about Minnesota is I, on paper, looking at them, they're the worst team, maybe even worse than Chicago because they don't have the scores that Chicago has. Um, but Cam Talbot was great in the bubble. I thought he looked great for Calgary. Um, and they have, I think Bill Guerin has stepped in and made a huge difference, uh, as the GM there. So I would say don't completely count Minnesota out. They still have a lot of guys who can figure out their game. And if they're coached properly, can still be a good team. So I would say don't be surprised if Minnesota makes a push. But, you know, on paper, I'm 100% with you, Lance. Uh, I look at them and I say seventh best in the Central. But we'll see. Chicago finished strong last year. They did. They did. I mean, and so did Minnesota. Did. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. Colorado or Chicago, you know, the, the goaltending, you know, right. not having Crawford <laughs> is, is going to be – it's a big Quite deal. the challenge. Yep. So, and uh, there was an article uh, that uh, Taze was actually surprised um, about Chicago's dedication to rebuilding. <laughs> about how they they're doing they're they're you know they're they're going the route to rebuilding, and uh, I think that surprised him in that he wasn't he wasn't uh, consulted as far as like the moves that they were gonna they were making. So. Um, I'm not sure if that was an well, indication that uh, there was some uneasiness there between Taze and the Chicago ownership um, and the GM, but uh, I just think that he uh, he made a comment about not being consulted about the direction the team was going. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Taze is happy being in Chicago, but you know, we talked earlier about you know the expectations that the cap's going to go up at some point. I'm sure that's what his uh, his camp was thinking when they signed those ridiculous contracts he and Kane mm -hmm. that they're not going to strap the team forever which is what they've wound up doing mm -hmm. right so you can't somebody I think would take Kane I, I think it'd, it'd be harder to, to to find a team that's got the resources to give you know to make a move for for Tave so um, and I I was gonna say I hate yeah. to say this but I mean I think I'd take Kane I mean, not that the Blackhawks would ever trade with the Blues, but if Tarasenko's out and you can work out a deal and they retain some salary, 
I they, mean, I think I'd still take him at this point. They both got three years left. So this year and then two more years. Yeah. Kane's young still, right? 10, 33? 10, uh, Kane is 31. 31. And uh, Taze yeah. is 32. And they both mm-hmm. make $10.5 million per. I mean, if you right. can work something out, I'm not saying they ever would. Again, Chicago, Ten, St. Louis, no way. Man. Ten and a half for Taze. Holy hell. That just that I mean just kind of hits money. My God, he's not worth that. I mean he's now granted he is one of the best defensive delivered. centers to ever play the game, but still. I yes, but he delivered yeah. three Stanley Cups, two con smites. He, he got he's paid a great, for what he did. He's a great player. But and again, ten point five. We talk about the blues. If they win more cups, do you sign players, become Chicago, become LA, what they're going through now? Yes, I I would need yeah. to talk to a Blackhawks fan, but I'm saying if I look back at that deal and I'm a Blackhawks fan, I say, hell yeah, we, I'd do it again because we, it meant we got another Stanley Cup. We've talked about yeah. that, and I think I'm, I I think we are maybe all in agreement that um, yeah, you you strike while the iron's hot, you you hit your you try and do what you can while your windows of open, kind of you know, the cliches. Uh, I you know. If you have to mortgage the future to to, to take uh, a few shots at a Stanley Cup, legit shots now, do it. Uh, I'm for that personally. But I think Armstrong said, "I'm not going to give my my captain, you know, uh, more than um, 64 million, and I'm not giving him a no trade clause." He just said he's not going to do that if he's sure. the GM here. Sure, so. and I, I, and I, I respect that, but I guess, yeah, I don't know. There, there's, there's, I mean, I, I've, I've argued both sides of it. Actually, I, I've said, you know what, God, I want, I want him here. Just give him the no movement, and we'll deal with the fallout in five years. Um, I'll, I'll put up with it because, I mean, we've, as Blues fans, we've put up with a lot already anyway, uh, up until the Cup year. So, I mean, it's. Uh, what's what's a what's a few years of cap hell, uh, you know, compared to what we've gone through? So I don't I don't know. I I like I said I, I respect Armstrong for 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 holding steady on on his philosophy and and I I admire p- potential for getting what he got. So it's you know it's whatever. I, it's hopefully the Blues are still uh, contenders without Petrangelo and things work out okay for us. So we'll see. And you know what? Do you want Vegas to be good? I mean, are you like resentful at all? Would you like to see them kind of suffer a little bit? You know, it's funny because I, I, I I know that it's easy for me to sit here and, and, and like make fun and poke fun, but I really do look at the fact that they moved Paul Stastny, who's a good center for them. Sure. Um, They had to move Nate Schmidt, who was their best defenseman before Petrangelo came. Um, are they really are they really that much better you know like i i don't think they are i mean i think they're good they're still a solid team who's going to challenge for a cup but they're did this really make them that much better they're over Mm -hmm. the cap right now so they gotta make yeah they're gonna still have to move one more person sure so they're still gonna make some and everything that came out on Twitter the other day is that, you know, none of the guys that got mentioned as being the targets of who could move are happy. You know, right. the, Petrangelo right now is a bit of a locker room wrecker. Um, 
and you know i i think i think shea theodore's emergence uh is the reason why they were comfortable getting rid of uh nate schmidt i'm I, i've always been a huge fan of nate schmidt love his style love love the way he's played um but i'll, I'll say that him getting dealt to vancouver uh is vancouver uh, it, it may be a, a bit of a stroke of luck for Vegas to, to make that trade because, goddamn, Vancouver's been taking it on the chin for how awful they've been in this this window. They've lost Tanov, they've lost Markstrom, they've lost Stetcher, Tavoli, they've just Tavoli. right Tafoli. They they signed um, who was it that they signed in lieu of Tafoli? Um, just bad decision making by Jim. Oh, Bennett, Trevor so Linden. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> the guy at one point who was supposed to be the next Trevor Linden because they get one of those every two or three years. Jeff Courts. Um, <laughs> uh, that gives me a headache. Oh, um, man. Oh, oh. <laughs> nice. Nice, Sorry. Bill. It's, we we all have done tasteless jokes now tonight, so we can move on. No, I, I, I just I think uh, that uh, I, I you know I just think that uh, you know that Benning had to make a move um, to do something. I just don't know that bringing in Nate Schmidt when you've got um, you know Hughes as your stud left defenseman for the next forever. Uh, I don't know. I guess you need a little depth, but. Uh, I, I thought it was a desperation move by betting to bring him in. I think that's going to wrap up the show. This was yeah. a long but solid show, I feel mm-hmm. like. I'm just going to claim that now. There was a lot to talk about. There was a lot and to And if you agree, you should jump on Apple Podcasts and uh, write a review for Let's Go Blues Radio. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Please do that. Shining reviews, unless, please. Hopefully. Unless you don't agree this was a good show, then just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, keep it to yourself. <laughs> uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming products. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. Make your balls a priority this fall. And when you use, don't forget, when you use the promo code and receive your products, take a pic with, of your products with LGB in the pic somewhere and uh, share it online and tag us, uh, hashtag LGB radio. Let us know about it somehow, and we'll, uh, we'll send you some free blues-themed stickers as a thank you for patronizing our sponsor. I made a comment about a T-shirt earlier. What was yes. that about? I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> it was to Adam Gold only. Uh, no, it was oh, too, some, right. no, no, it wasn't a gold. It was somebody else. No, was it a gold? It was no, a gold. It was, it was oh, Adam Gold. It was gold, yeah. It was Adam Gold. Yeah. yeah uh, he has to put a sticker you, on you his know, forehead. You heard it. Take a yeah, picture. Yeah, forehead. Yep. And, uh, and then you'll send him a shirt. Man. So I, real quick, um, are we are we done with Manscaped? Do we want to yeah, mention we're, them we're, some more? We're done with the show. Okay. So let me make one comment. Uh, I did make an announcement on the Stanley Ponder Cup Memorial Tournament for anybody who cares. Um, we are actually pushing it back till March um, just okay. because we're afraid the county may be um, uh, putting restrictions on amount of people in a given space. And uh, with the amount of teams we have in the tournament, we're right at 50 people and restrictions uh, at Queenie Park before was 
right at 50 people. So we're afraid we'd have to turn people away at the door. So we're just going to push the tournament back from November to March. So anybody who is wanting to come participate or play, it's still going to happen. We're just pushing it back until I think it's going to be March 6th. We don't have the exact date yet, but it's going to be early March. So just want to point that out to anybody who's interested. That will wrap up episode seven of season nine of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Flying checks from Tory Krug. Let's go blues. Rick Gibbs in the YouTube chat says, great show. Great listen. Is that how you respond to listeners? Anyway, LGB. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I'll work at four. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well... There's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues.